This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. In most cultures, you go to school, you graduate, you get a job, you get married, etc. There's like a general, a normal course of things that happen in society. Well, in Japan, it's a little different. Most college graduates are... You go to school, then you become a mech pilot. Yes. Then you go to space. Yes. Then you... Then you, you build a space elevator. <laughs> right. Then, then you fight against the America, American mech pilot. Yes. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to the 286th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Chiaki, and today I'm joined by... Hey guys, it's Mitsugi, joining you live from sunny St. Petersburg, Florida, from the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast studio. Studio. That's right, Mitsugi, and I'll tell you what, this is Kazuo, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you guys. You can find... Oh, we, sorry. We are dedicated to one thing. What's that? What are we dedicated to? I don't know. Making, oh. making your, your anime, anime addiction worse. worse. There it is. it is. right there. Boom also shakalaka. Cats. Also cats, yes. Also cats. <laughs> Definitely cats. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, at aaapodcast, aaacosuo, and at Elise Kova, for yours truly, um, as well as broadcasting live on Ustream. We're at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays, which is 9 p.m. GMT. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast, if you want to support us. Yeah, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's where the content is. Da, 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 da. So if you, if you go to Surprise, Patreon. Surprise, everybody. This is the musical episode of the AAA podcast. You can get exclusive access to our hentai episodes. Uh, we, uh, we have yet to have Kazuo on one. Sorry, Kazuo. I'm saving up the perversion. Oh, I, really? will, I will unleash it. Well, we're going to expect lots of amazing, violent, potentially violent stories from you on uh, beating people up from in school. Wait, oh, I don't think that fits I, into a hentai episode, but unless, okay, fine. unless she's down with it, unless like, it's like violent sex, then okay. we can talk about. Well, then, all right, all right, all right. Well, then, hope, but then, hopefully, we're going to have some some violent sex stories. <laughs> and, uh, just kidding. And we uh, and we've been talking to Gerald from Anime World Order, and we're going to have him on a couple upcoming hentai episodes, so he's, you can check it out on Patreon. He's been really worried about being too perverted, and I'm like, dude, um, no. Have you heard have us? You, do you know who Roko is? <laughs> do, do you even Roko? Do you bro. even, bro? <laughs> yeah, right. so check it out on there. We also installed some studio upgrades from the third milestone that we hit on Patreon. We now have almost an entire wall of studio foam in front of us. Um, I'm pretty sure that there is literally no possible echo in this room. It would be it, impressive. It, it looks like a work of art. Like, did you guys decide exactly where to put the different colored? Yeah. It was a long pieces. process for Mitsugi. It took the you, whole week. You should have made an A out of it. Oh, that would have been cool. So we have one wall as a curtain, and then we have the casting couch where many naughty things happen, and then we have the wall of foam. So, boom. Currently, there's something very naughty happening on the couch. There is. And as I switch to camera two to display the couch, 
Indeed, there is a cat <laughs> sleeping on it. On All sprawled out. He's, right. he's, he's extending his arms above his head to send spirit energy to Goku. Who is that little son of a bitch's name on the, on the blanket? That's and, Neil. No, on the anime. Oh, Cube? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and so Neil is sitting right on top of Cube's face. He's protecting us from Cube, the AAA podcast cat mascot. All right. So today we are going to be talking about Hikikomori. And we will also have impressions on Gate, Gangsta, Dragon Ball Super, Chaos Dragon, and Alharu X Kikanju. Trivia! This week's answer to our po- our podcast trivia on aaapodcast.com is Gurren Lagan. Yes. And this was the last trivia for the beach-themed trivia. And I made it easier as evidenced by the mass of Jesus. people who got this correct. So have fun reading all these names, oh, Chiaki. This is going to be entertaining. There's like, there's like 37 people here. So the people who got it correct were David the Demon, Astrophysics, Reiji, Yotaro Vegeta, Become 33, Shake a Spear, James the Reviewer, Dino Animasaurus, Kudoto Mind, Car- Wait, wait, wait. I had to scroll and I lost ah, it. <laughs> Karma Assassin, Kazuo is Senpai, Baka Ichigo, Ella Mazinger, a pimp named Saburo, awesome. Chibi Rob, Porky's Butthole, Manly <laughs> Mudkipped, Icy Rose, Yupa, Swell, Ronald McReagan, Sparky, Sparkly Unicorn, Keelum, Captain Avatar, Alchemist 007, Cyber Dude, and Nelly 1876. Wow. When I only when I didn't have to scroll, I was good, right? Yeah, no, you did did great. Thanks. The winner for this week was Keelum. Congratulations! Yeah. And the winner for the month, because this was the end of our month trivia, was Steve the Ripper. Ding ding ding! What do we have for Johnny? A brand new car. A brand and a new trip to sunny Florida. That's nope. Right, to, uh, no, no, we're nope, not doing that. Nope, okay, nope, never mind. Nope. Oh. nope. We do have. Stuff from JList.com. Yeah, we do. So that's, that's what our trivia winners get. You have been contacted, and you can receive fabulous prizes from the fabulous JList.com. Our next round of trivia is spaceships. Ooh. And oh, okay. I tried to make I this like kind it. of medium difficulty, I'd say. I, I, I tried to not go bone-crushingly hard with it. I feel like I so. know my spaceships. I think I would do well on that one. Well... I could see how this could be difficult because uh, I think a lot of spaceships in anime tend to look the same or at least look similar. So unless you pick ones that are really distinct looking, like the, like like the spaceship from Knights of Sidonia, mm-hmm. then yeah, it probably will be pretty challenging. I, w- I would think. Well, we will find out. Just like this trivia question is very challenging. And you can find out, too, by going to aapodcast.com. <laughs> we also do in-show trivia just for fun. And the trivia this episode is, what is the name of the patrol ship in Crest of the Stars that kicks off the war between the United Mankind and the Ob Empire? That's not even fair. By the way. Mitsuki's the only one that knows the answer <laughs> to that. By the way, Chiaki. Yeah? I like that falsetto. Oh, did you? That was nice. That oh. was nice. I, I told you. It's the musical this episode. This is the musical episode. So, uh, character battle. He's still not singing Kazuo. The character battle is over. It has it has concluded. Oh, the no. The final four anime characters in the character battle, after almost two months of battling it out, were Revy from Black Lagoon, Alucard from Helsing, Onizuka from Great Teacher Onizuka, and Vash the Stampede from Trigun. And the final two characters in the so, the so the final match was between Alucard and Onizuka. That was the final, and for, and with a vote of 140 votes to 103 votes, Onizuka, Aikichi Onizuka of Great Teacher, Great Teacher Onizuka has won the character battle. Yes, there is justice in the world, but and he still can't get yeah, laid. He still can't get laid, but he can win every. <laughs> he can kick everybody's butt. 
So, uh, and the winner of the contest was Paul O'Malley. He won handily. He won by about 40 points in the character battle, so that's pretty good. And you will receive a $100 gift card from JList.com, so congratulations. It was a long process putting this character battle together, almost four months. So, but it's done. You know, I almost won. Yeah, so, I, the, I, so the results. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing, I was in second place till the end, and then I moved down to 11th. I finished in 11th out of 186 people. Chiaki finished 94th, and Woo. Kazuo finished right on, right on her heels at 102nd. Which is so. funny because only 98 people entered the contest, so I don't even know how. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm just joking. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I did so badly that I fell out of the bracket. <laughs> One more quick announcement before we get to our mailbags. The it is time to now start another contest for the on the podcast. We will be reestablishing our Triple H Podcast Fantasy Football League. We do this every year. We've done it every year the podcast has been around and if you want to enter, you can do so by sending $20 to PayPal to the email address hosts at aaapodcast.com. Do not mention fantasy football anywhere in the comment, or PayPal will slam me, and I will hate you forever. <laughs> we will we will know if you are sending us twenty random dollars yes, to that PayPal that it is for and football. Please submit your money to friends and not goods and services. If you put your money into, if you send it as goods and services, PayPal will take ten percent of the money, and I will be asking you for two more dollars. And um, this league will fill up; it's already half full. So oh, wow. I'm in it. So, so I yeah. don't know anything about football. Can, can I join the league? Yeah, you can join the league. Yeah, but you but you but you're gonna have to manage your team all year. So you, oh god, that sounds so. like a lot of work. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to join, send twenty dollars to hosts at aaaapodcast.com. I expect that by the time this podcast episode reaches the general public, the league might already be full. But you never know. So if you send me twenty bucks and it's full, I will send the money back to you. So pretty simple. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. I should also mention that the winner of that Fantasy Football League will get $220. So that's the pot. Wow. So All right. It is legit. Yeah, you're not just sending your money to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just you're just like, send it over. Thanks. We'll find a, a good cause for it. All right, first mailbag. Who wants to read it? I'll read it. Go for it. The first mailbag comes from Gum Gum. I love that name. And it reads... How does it read? I'm not going to sing it. It says here, I recently just finished the 20-week arc of Naruto Shippuden that they just had. It really pissed me off. It was pointless to the series, boring, and it felt like they just wanted a reason to extend the series. My question to you is, what anime series... That was at least 24 episodes had an arc that left you upset because it was so utterly pointless to the series. Got a few of these. Well, one of them is definitely Naruto. Not, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I watched Naruto from the very beginning. Like, I remember vividly, uh, you know, going over to my friend's house and the show would come on, I guess, Cartoon Network at the time and watching it from the very first episode on. Um, and yeah, God, there are, there are so many arcs in that show that are just completely pointless. So, so you mean to tell me that, so there's a filler arc in Shippuden. 
And there's a filler arc in the first Naruto. Oh, no, no. There's, there's, there's not a filler arc. Multiple filler there arcs. There are multiple filler Jesus, arcs. What a terrible show. Mitsuki, I don't know if you know this, but it's shonen. Yeah, Basically, well, every shonen ever can be definitely. accused of this crime. Yeah, and, and uh, Mitsuki Loves Moe and the Great Nagao in the chat both say Bleach, which yeah. is another one that I've talked about before, where at there there are full seasons that you can just completely skip because they... It's not just that they're filler, like it's like, oh, we're going to go on an adventure today. No, no, no. It completely changes the setting of the show. Like, you'll have a character who's in a completely different realm, and then the following season, he's back home playing soccer, and you're like, wait, what? And then they go, and the following season, he's back in that realm that he was in. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Now, for a show that also has so many episodes, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z specifically, has has a very small amount of filler in it. Like... Yes, yes. Some of the arcs are very long. Like the like all of the arcs are really long, right? Yeah. I think the Boo Saga is something like sixty episodes, but it's not filler. See, they're okay. fighting Boo. So that's that's the thing where I think I think this question is specifically talking about the filler arc, and the filler arc to me is like an arc, like an entire batch of episodes, like you were saying, Kazuo, right. where you can literally pluck them out of the series and go from. Let's say that there's a series with three arcs, just for ease of explanation, and you can pull out the second one, and after the ending of the first arc and the start of the third arc, you miss nothing. You can entirely what? skip that. Where I think what you're saying, Mitsuki, I kind of agree with, where I think Dragon Ball is notorious for filler, but they kind of have every episode have a little bit of enough of yeah. something in it. I just said it wasn't. So the only part of Dragon Ball Z, I would argue, is filler is the Garlic Jr. saga. But see... Well, that's Okay, so yeah, but... you. Where's the where's the filler in Dragon Ball there, Z there other are, than that? Oh, for sure, oh, there God. are parts there are parts of episodes and episodes in and of themselves that are filler bits. I mean, if you're talking about but, like the one episode where Goku and Piccolo get their driver's license, there's no, but there's like the the the, the couple episodes when Gohan deals with the orphan kids. There's there's all kinds of like. Have you watched Kai? Episodes. I mean, like half yeah. of the Frieza arc is filler. That's the point spread of, around story. That was the whole point of Kai. Is yeah. that okay? We're going to remove all the filler and here's just the story. The point of Kai was to be more true to the length of the manga and to condense the story to its true length. Yeah, not to like, eliminate all to the filler. To eliminate all the filler. Well, unless you're talking about extending the length of the Frieza battle for TV filler, it isn't it, it isn't like they suddenly go and plant a garden on Namek for no, 38 but, but episodes. That's, but that's, that's what I'm saying is there's two types of filler. There's the filler, like the filler arc, which is the okay, we can take out these entire episodes and it's basically the same. But then there's filler. That's the type of filler that Dragon Ball Z has, which is like the... It's just stretching stuff. Just stretching stuff of like, we're going to have an episode where Goku is training on his pod thing and... Yeah. He's going to be running along Snake Way for... Yeah, he's going to be running along episodes. Snake Way for 30 episodes. <laughs> I, like, that's filler. And then he's going to fall off Snake Way and deal, <laughs> play tag with a couple of yeah. guys for a couple episodes. And then start Snake Way again. And, and then there's the worst filler arc in the history of anime, the Rurouni Kenshin arc. Oh my god, yeah. The entire last 40 episodes of Rurouni Kenshin, is, that's just a tragedy. Yeah. But I don't want to get into that too much. I want to get on to, to a couple more here that I have that are more interesting. There's the beach arc in Great Teacher and Izuka where they go to the beach, and it's not just like, oh, a beach episode. It's a whole section where the school takes a trip to Okinawa, and it's about 10 episodes. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. It's, I have it written here, bad. I have written here, the arc is a little weaker than the rest of the series despite being still good. Yeah. And then there is half of Cowboy Bebop. Well, as I cut deeply into the feelings uh, of many listeners. But that's the Cowboy Bebop is 
it's, it is filler. Like the yeah, show is I, like there is no. There really isn't a story to it. Like well, there is a is story, filler. but it's only like three episodes. Like in very yeah, beginning, middle, and end. It really and could then be everything an OVA. else in between is just kind of them living their life. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Goku getting his driver's license is filler, then then. Faye and Ayn and, and what whoever going and we're not going dis- and hunting. We're not disagreeing with you that it's not filler. We're just saying that the entire show okay. is kind of just that's kind of what it is. That is up. the show. All right. <laughs> we fired him up, Kazuo. We did it. We did it. <laughs> is this a record? How quickly did we do that? Okay. In? This um, next one's for me because of the name of the of the poster. Okay. So madness. <laughs> right. Hi guys. I recently was introduced to the podcast, so forgive me if this has already been asked. You good? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just I just finished watching the series Puella Magi Madoka Magica and it has easily become one of my favorite anime. I grew up loving magical girl anime like Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura. However, I am contemplating whether or not to watch the sequel movies Rebellion because I heard that they ruined the happy-ish ending of the TV series. My question is, have you ever consciously put off watching an anime sequel season, series, or movie for that reason? Yes. Okay. I I okay. never finished the new Star Wars reboots. He said anime. Wait, what? <laughs> well, well, okay, anime, but... That's a great example, First off, what's but... wrong with... What? Why didn't you finish... This episode one, oh, two, and oh, three. Oh, Star Wars. I'm sorry. Star I was Wars. Thinking sorry. Star Trek reboots. Sorry. No, 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 no. Star Trek reboots are yeah, okay, fabulous. No. Anyways, well, sorry. I, yeah. I, I, when it said anime sequel series, I, for some reason, I thought it was just movie just and sequel series. series in general. Huh. Um, anime. Well, um, you know, there are a couple movies while you guys are thinking that I put off. I quickly turned off Escaflone, the movie, because it's bad. Oh, yeah. Let's pretend that doesn't exist. X, the movie, is even worse than the Escaflone movie. Yeah. So I turned those off because they were just bad shows. And then there were other shows that I entirely put off because just too much time had passed in between the original and the follow-up. So, for example, I still haven't watched all the Ava movies. I'm sorry, 11 years or whatever is a little long to make me wait for, for the movies to come out for Ava. And then Eden of the East was a good one. I still haven't watched the second Eden of the East movie because, I mean, if you put an anime out in 2010... And then don't finish it, and then expect me to watch t- movies three years later. It's a tall order, you know. I, I I've moved on from my life, you know, from Eden of the East three three years after the fact. So, yeah, the only, I, you know, I, I again I've mentioned this before. Prior to the joining the podcast, I didn't watch a lot of things I didn't like. <laughs> so it, when people ask these questions about what's something that you watched that you hated, and I don't really have a lot of um, answers for that. One that does come to mind though, and we were talking about before, is Dragon Ball, but not. Uh, anything to do with like the core series it's gt like i watched the first two episodes of gt and that was like nah not doing it with kid goku i'm not doing it it's 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 gonna ruin Actually, gt yeah that would probably be it for me because i i remember finishing finishing the cell saga and then basically having gt start coming on the the on on tv like on toonami or whatever cartoon network was calling it then adult swim or whatever Mm -hmm. and i just watched like two episodes and i was like nope nope i'm done not interested. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, I think that's a really good example. So, for sure. Uh, I know I have others, but I can't think of them off of the top of my head. So. Yeah. Next mailbag. Nelly1876 writes, Seeing how Hollywood is remaking a bunch of movies this year, and with Sailor Moon getting a reboot of sorts, I'm wondering which anime you'd like to see get remade. Hmm. Well, um, I want to see Outlaw Star get remade. I want to see more Outlaw Star, and I want to see... Can you... Outlaw Star is... 
a very sentimental show in a lot of our minds, right? Right. Can I, you believe that that show is only 26 episodes? I mean, give me some more Outlaw Star. Didn't even get a movie. It has nothing. So yeah. you want it to be a remake, but then they expand on the story. I don't know. I just want either. I want it to be more either. More Outlaw Star. I want it to be either remade. It's such a cool... The, that ship is so cool. And like the grappling... Sure. The ship grappling fights are so epic. And oh, yeah. Gene Starwin and Melfina are such a good pair. And... I just want more. I would be it. curious to watch Outlaw Star again because I haven't seen it in years, and I'm wondering if it holds up. Uh, well, I've seen the first episode a couple times not too long ago, and it's still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's that whole scene in the beginning when the pirates are chasing them, and they're using, they're shooting, they're having, they're having the car chase, and they're shooting magic at Gene yeah. Stallman's car. That's I mean, awesome. like that whole thing is is awesome. There are a lot of like those those more classic shows that we watched in in the 90s that I'd like to see remade. So like Outlaw Star or Rurouni Kenshin, like the series, I would like to see that remade just better. <laughs> um, maybe maybe almost like a Kai treatment where it gets tightened up a bit because yeah. Kenshin does have some... But I would like to see like updates on the animation. Oh, yeah. Because you know, it's a little dated. Yeah. I, I think um, Outlaw Star was one of those shows that just didn't get any appeal in Japan and so they have no incentive to make more because they don't care about us. I never saw. I've never seen any merchandise for Outlaw Star, ever. Pop Pop Art in the uh, chat says Beck should have a remake. This show just came out like Beck. Like no, 10 Beck years came old. out like yeah, maybe a little over. Yeah, I'd say like 2003 or something like that. But I don't know if it needs a remake. But I would I would love more Beck for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they they went to America at the end, right? So, yep. I mean. Yeah, I'm Be- in America. Beck ended kind of weird. Like there was this thing with the mafia, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, it was, what well, was in the mafia? It was like. Some guy who was very mob-ish. I, but, uh, I just remembered seeing... I just remember wanting Maho to get it on, and she never did. Yeah. So I was kind of bummed out by that. I also wrote a couple more. I wrote Bubblegum Crisis. Give me some more Bubblegum Crisis. Have you guys ever watched Bubblegum Crisis? I have not. Chiaki? Yes. The bo- like, the whole thing about the, about the boomers... I haven't watched the original. I watched... Um, uh, what was the one after? Tokyo the, 2040? Yes, that I mean, one. They're not, they're not that dissimilar. But the whole thing about the boomers and the robots and society kind of going crazy and starting to attack people and things, and then you've got the girls who put on like their suits are so cool. They're they're not they're not like spandex magical girl suits, and they're not magical girls at all. They're like powered. How would you co- how would you describe them? They're like powered frames or something. They're like they're almost like they're almost like skin robotics. Oh, yeah, I say like a super sentai suit or something. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I put Dominion Tank Police. That's an old okay. like OVA yeah. from like the '90s. I mean that. I mean we could use another show of like police and tanks mm-hmm. chasing down criminals. We don't have. We never get that kind of stuff anymore. Think about no. it. That whole like concept has vanished from anime. You know what I would love to be remade is the original Gundam series. Uh, the Gundam original, 007 original? yeah, Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, I I've watched that the original series so many times and but it's so old it's from you know the 70s basically yeah. so i'd love to see that remade with updated graphics but you know just kind of keep the story don't try to do anything weird with it that'd be kind of cool yeah that that show is is very old so it's it would probably make gundam a lot more accessible yeah. to people nowadays if they could go back and watch the original with with update with updated graphics yeah it's still really but good like if you go back and watch it like i mean obviously the animation's not anywhere near as good but it's still a fun show to watch for sure because i know a lot of people say oh gundam is this thing where there's like 65 million series and i'm so far behind i'll never catch up well reboot the first one and maybe you'll get some of that young blood yeah so i don't know all right, so are we going to do the second ever Chucky on the couch? Why don't we try it? 
Chiaki on the couch. I have a cat on the couch with me today, and that makes me so excited. So this is the second ever Chiaki on the couch, and I'm doing this without reading or hearing any feedback on the first Chiaki on the couch. So I have no idea if you guys even like this segment. Aha! Uh -huh. But today I'm going to talk about robots, and this actually kind of relates in with the show because the Henna Hotel just opened in Japan. And the Henna Hotel is this hotel that's staffed by robots. There are 72 rooms and people bid on what rooms they want to stay in. And obviously during peak times, the prices go higher and on the off season, the prices are lower. And the goal is for this hotel is to have it completely staffed by 90% robots. And the people who own this hotel want to open up a thousand more across the world. When people go and there are robots that are the bellhops and that are the cleaning for the 72 rooms in the hotel and whatnot. And the people who greet it. Now, here's something really funny worth mentioning. The robots that greet people as they enter are apparently intelligent and they're able to kind of hold conversations with the guests. Now, there is a Japanese humanoid like robot that greets Japanese speakers. But if an English speaker goes to the hotel, they're greeted by a robotic dinosaur. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so Japanese speakers have this humanoid robot who greets them and English speakers have a dinosaur who talks to them in English. Are you serious? That makes yes. sense. I could see like that. It's like, it's like seems, racism. Seems legit. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Racism here is a dinosaur? Like, I'm not... I don't know. It's like, it's like what? I don't get to talk to a real person. I have to talk to a robotic dinosaur. <laughs> I would rather talk to a robotic dinosaur. I was going to say, I kind of would rather awesome. talk to the dinosaur than the humanoid robot. So this hotel opened up in Japan in the Henna Hotel. Henna means strange. So it's kind of like the strange hotel. But it highlights this really interesting thing that's going on in the scientific community. So if you've been following like artificial intelligence and the things that kind of drive these robots, Google recently posted an article right at the end of June um, that they're working on their artificial intelligence and they have been for some time, but they recently posted an article of a transcript of a conversation that someone was having with the Google artificial intelligence computer. And the cool thing about it is that this can, this is a learning artificial intelligence. So you stuff some things into it, but as you talk to the computer, it learns. And it doesn't just spit back canned responses. It spits back responses that it makes up on its own. And you can find the transcript online, and it's actually really cool to read. But it's also kind of a little creepy, because there was at one point where they asked the computer, what's the meaning of life? And it said to live forever. What? And... Yes, yeah. I read that transcript. That was really interesting. There's yeah, th there's some parts of it that you're like, this is funny. And then there are other parts that you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, there was like a part where the computer was talking about like how you, you don't believe in God. Therefore, you can't yeah. understand or some crap like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it gets kind of creepy, which if you think AI can be kind of creepy and potentially dangerous, you're in good company. And this is something that a lot of people are trying to get attention for. Elon Musk, who's behind SpaceX and Tesla and arguably the next Steve Jobs, he's, if you want to call him he's that. He's Iron Man, basically. Yeah, he's... He, well, yeah, he was in, the inspiration for Iron Man, actually. Um, the people who made Iron... I mean, not the comics, but the real okay. life, like... He was, he's been called the real life Iron Man. Okay. Because, like, the people who made the movies kind of looked at his 
his demeanor and when they were right, writing the scripts right. and stuff. Yeah, no, sorry. But he wasn't alive that, when the original <laughs> Iron Man comic no, 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 book no. came out. He, he, was the, he was the real life inspiration for Iron Man that wasn't like comics or, right. or whatever. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, but Elon Musk has actually spoken out about AI and said that he's really worried. And he's joined... And he's joined with the leagues of Stephen Hawking, who's also really worried about AI and worried about us being able to control AI and what the future of AI looks like. And there's a lot of really smart people who are signing on to this kind of open letter saying, yeah, we need to develop this and we need to work on it. But but they're kind of afraid for it. And and I was reading about this really cool computer programmer who was talking about why AI is so dangerous because you think a bit about AI and you see the Henna Hotel, you see a robot hotel, or you have Siri on your phone who you think AI, oh, it's about time AI got better because I'm sick of asking Siri, like, I want burgers and she sends me to Taco Bell or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of concern surrounding AI and, and one of the researchers actually said that AI could be as dangerous if not more dangerous than nuclear warfare in the future and a lot of the concern is surrounding what what we give what we give AI control of a lot of people are worried that weapon systems could potentially have AI could have control of weapon systems in the future and I, AI doesn't have the same distinctions as humans or even if it did then what would that mean if we give it over to an AI system some people are worried about AI or artificial intelligence from the perspective of can we control it it, it sounds sci-fi but it's true once we create these systems can we control them and what does that control look like and then from a human perspective can we have regulations in place that monitor the creation of these systems and the implementation? So it's kind of like there's a lot of things going on where AI is this really cool thing, but it's also really cool to look at from the perspective of we need to, to take a minute and think about it because there are really smart people looking at it. So my Chiaki on the couch today was all dedicated to AI and saying that that is something that I recommend reading into because there's some really cool stuff happening and there's some stuff worth reading about. So now we are going to take a short anime news break. And when we come back to the show, we are going to be talking about another really fascinating topic. Maybe I don't want to say cool. Uh, hikikomori. And then later, we'll have some impressions. So don't go anywhere. This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, many anime fans have always wanted to be a voice actor, or in Japanese, a seiyuu. And Katakawa has opened the first training school for young children to help make this dream come true. Production Ace is starting up the Kids Junior Seiyuu Training Project that's aimed to teach Japanese students in elementary and middle schools the fundamentals of voice acting. For anyone who might be in Japan with young children, all maybe 1% of you listening, the program is currently recu recruiting. The project has some prolific voice actors behind it, such as Yu Mizushima, who's known for his roles in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, 
the Saint Seiya franchise, as well as Parasite, the Maxim. He said, we want to be able to inspire and motivate children with the work we do here. We were looking forward to working with some motivated kids. In some other interesting Japanese news that's worth Googling for images, the Good Smile Company is holding its fourth annual Good Smile Cup, or Employee Figure Contest. It's a chance for the artisans behind the famous Good Smile Company who make the Figma and Nendroid lines to show off their skills, let loose, and bring out their creativity and quirkiness. None of the competing figures will be available for sale. Unfortunately, it's a fun look to see what they can come up with. This year's contest was divided into five sections. The section one, which we have pictures from, is the kit section, entirely based on pre-existing model kits. Section two has figures built from scratch. Section three is a miscellaneous entry se section. Section four is Kaotan's Tasty Nom Nom, or a photo contest. And finally, section five is Woozer's Not Tasty Mon Mon, which is focused solely on Woozer from Woozer's hand-to-mouth life and asked entrants to modify him. In other news, for fans of K-On, it's already been five long years, and to celebrate the fifth anniversary of K-On, the Japanese online store Animaru is selling the three Korg RK 100S, which is the spiritual successor to Mugichan's instrument, the Korg RK100. It's being marketed as the RK100S K-On Special. The Kitar sports the same shade of white as the instrument used by Mugichan in the anime. The back of the Kitar even features a special design of her. Fans will be asked to shell out a pretty penny as this guitar is being sold for 64,800 yen or about 525 US dollars. Finally, there's a new exhibit in Tokyo, Mobile Suit Gundam exhibit, The Art of Gundam, that has two very interesting Gundams on display. An RX-78-2 will featuring Robot Soul will be standing 125 millimeters high and weighing in one kilogram crafted out of solid 24 karat gold. If you thought your Gundam figures were expensive, this one costs a staggering 20 million yen or just over 160,000 US dollars. This was Shiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey, Chiaki. Hey, Mitsugi. I heard of this podcast called Anime Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. They have this really handsome guy named Kazuo on there. Have you heard of it? Well, yeah. I, I think I'd like to throw my money at him. <clears throat> I mean, support that podcast. Mitsugi, are you feeling all right? You're supposed to be the producer. Um, of... As I was saying, do you know how I can support the AAA podcast? Oh, well, as a completely unbiased podcast listener, you can pop over to their Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. This is a great way to support the Anime Addicts Anonymous, and you can get some cool content like AAA ringtones, weekly show notes, unedited episodes, and more. Better yet, I see here that you can get exclusive access to the podcast's bi-weekly hentai episodes Pervert. and broadcast after parties <laughs> which are so much fun 
So after you go to patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast and support the show, you can feel free to stuff all those dollar bills straight into Kazuo's boxer shorts. Where I put my money is none of your business. Back to the 286th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Today, we're making your anime addiction worse by looking into something that is discussed in a lot of anime. Yeah, and that is hikikomori. And this, or is gonna as I like to call it, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that. But before we get to that. We have a five-star review that we want to read. What? We're what? mixing it up. Whoa, wait a minute. Blowing your minds. Boom. Shakalaka. Oh, thanks for the assist <laughs> so, on that. Five-star review is written by Ginko Senpai, and he writes, presumably he writes, I love listening to you every week. Keep up the great work. Oh. Wow. Nice oh. and short and sweet. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Ginko Senpai. Wow, we have a really timely new forum member also. Okay. Oh. Well, oh, welcome to the forum, Mr. Hikikomori, Death Death Aegon Zero, and Yen Zuki. Wow, look at that. I feel like all of our name of the week has to be Mr. Hikikomori. Mr. Hikikomori, yeah. I think so, this yeah. one's for you. This, yeah, this one is yours. By the way, Chiaki, you mentioned that, that you didn't have any feedback yet about the uh, about, how, about how people were enjoying your segment for... Oh. For the Chiaki on the couch? Well, it's hard for me because I'm on the couch and I'm away from the chat, right. so I can't get that instant gratification that I usually get. Right. So, so I ran a poll because there are a lot of people watching right now. Oh, cool. And Hundreds. One, yes, hundreds of people. <laughs> and 100% of respondents said they are, they are I, that your segment is either great or good. Oh. Everyone seems to like it, 100%. Wow. And there were more than 30 people that voted. Did anyone not like it? And if so, who? And tell yeah. me where they live. No, I mean, like, I, I want to classify. You guys are allowed not to like it. Like, I'm, I'm willing to have feedback. Yeah, you're just going to get, you know, the smack laid down yeah. on you. That's all right. I'm we just going to hate you forever. <laughs> we need to find a segment for Kazuo. So, this topic came from a topic mailbag that was submitted by Kimba Lionheart. And the mailbag read the following. Could the podcast have a discussion about hikikomori and how it's surfacing as a huge problem in Japan and could you also mention the anime which portrays the state of Japan's struggle with mental health problems? Yeah. We, t- we talk a lot about mental health problems in Japan, I feel like. So, well, I think it's one of those things where it, it comes, it, it comes, it bubbles up as people go to Japan or as Japan says, we're going to deal with it. Kind of like, kind of like here in the States where it's like all of a sudden for a while you feel like all you hear is gun control or video game violence or something it just i feel like it kind of the media just says all right we're gonna pay attention to this now and i feel like mental health issues are something that have been bubbling up and i think this one is coming up because in many of the articles i read recently there was a french i think a french and an english team who went over there and i mean english is in british yeah england (laughs) not not just english as in the language but um and I think they went over there and did a documentary on hikikomori and and what hikikomori is and kind of uh, 
Japan's lost people or something yeah. that they called it. So how would you define hikikomori? Because well, we're using the word a lot, but I, I mean, well, yeah. we're going to get through all that. I know what it means. Well, well let's let's talk about that yeah. up front. So, by the way, Takano Ta- Asus in the chat says that, Kazuo, you can just hold a picture of a cat in, ele- in an elevator for a minute, for one minute each week. <laughs> what do you think about that, huh? So, so the so the question said to name some animes that had mental health disorders. Now, there's a sort of a debate going on about whether or not hikikomori is actually he- mental health related. So, I put down a couple here that have examples of mental health problems in them, and then later we'll talk about some anime that actually show hikikomori. Oh, okay. I see where you're going with so this. So, here's some that have mental health disorders. Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, Ghost Hound, Kuchu Buranko, which, which is a great show, which is actually about a psychiatrist, and also Denpa Teki Nakanojo has some, uh, definitely has some stuff going on in it. Oh, also, um, Welcome to the NHK, Perfect Blue, Paranoia Agent, Arakawa Under the Bridge, and Chaos Head are all anime that I found uh, via the via the forum on, on myanimelist.net. I would just search for some. I can definitely vouch for some of those. So, yeah. yeah. No, isn't there a show that you're watching, Chiaki, this season that has a character who is mentally disturbed for a particular reason? You were talking to me about it before oh, the show. Oh, um. Gako Gurashi. Gurashi. Gako Gurashi has has a character that I would say has had a psychotic break, but but I don't want to get too far into that because it's an an impression that I'll do later. But but yeah, that that could definitely be if the show goes in in that route. But whether or not the show investigates it, I would say the character has definitely had a, a psychotic break. So so bringing it back around, hikikomori. What what is right. hikikomori? Well, it is both. It is both the a word that refers to the person and also the condition. Yes. So if I say so if I so I say the word hikikomori, I'm both re- referring to the the existence of a of an actual person and the quote unquote health condition that the person has. So it can be a little confusing, but okay. it literally means pulling in or withdrawal. It's an actual word, Japanese word. It was first introduced in 1998 by Japanese psychiatrist Tamaki Saito in his book Social Withdrawal, A Never-Ending Adolescence. So this is definitely not a brand new phenomenon. People have been writing and, re- writing and learning about it for decades. And, and I would also say, and this will probably come out as we continue to discuss this topic, but I think hikikomori is, is very interesting because it's kind of at that intersection of what is this something new or is this other problems that they're just calling hikikomori? Is it just severe depression? Is it, I've seen some articles ask like likening it to, or discussing if it's the Japanese Asperger's kind of thing of, of what is, is this something new quote unquote, or is this just other problems that they're putting a different label on to address? And, and I think it's, I think it's very interesting because it, we haven't seen it again. 1998, at this point, you know, was a bit ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Right. Well, well, I mean, when you're comparing it to, to other diseases, yeah. I mean, we've like we've known about cancer for you know a hundred years. I don't know, and other other diseases like it. So, but I have a good I have a good actual definition here. So in two, in 2010, the government of Japan created a, a funded research group to try to classify the condition of, of, of hikikomori because they've been having a lot of a lot of difficulty treating the condition because they can't pinpoint what it what it actually is. 
And the quote from the article, and this is from a, a scientific article titled Hikikomori as a Possible, possible Clinical Term for Psychiatry, a questionnaire survey by um, Umene Nakano and, Saito, and, uh, and Saito. So if you want to go look that up, you can. Quote, unquote, a phenomenon in which persons become recluses in their own homes, avoiding various social situations such as attending school, working, having school interactions outside of the home, etc. for at least six months. They may go out without any social contact with others. Let me stop there. Because I feel like in a lot of anime, they portray Hikikomori as never being able to go outside of like their room. They're, mm. they're afraid to go out of their room or whatever. But that's not actually what the condition is. So it's just a recluse from society. So if you were to go out of your room, out to go to the store or something, you can be, you can do that and right. not interact yeah. with society. For sure. I mean, I, I feel like there are definitely people in the States that would have these tendencies. Oh, I know? mean, I think it's everywhere. Yeah. It's stuff like this. And, and I think, I think the other thing that is interesting to note, though, kind of what you were saying, Mitsugi, was I think the reason why they're oftentimes portrayed as never leaving their room is because if you suffer from something that's such a severe form of social anxiety, I'll, I'll say starting to, to approach it from one angle, um, it, it would probably be hard to do anything in Japan because there are so many people. And I know that sounds so stereotypical to say. And if you're out in the rural wherever, you're fine. But like just just going i mean it's the same in the states it's the same everywhere really unless you're out in the boondocks mm -hmm. it's you go out and you have to deal with people like just from the perspective of even if you keep your head down there are still people around you right and most of the time you have to work you have to make a living you know yeah. and feed yourself and so forth um I, so but far that's, oh sorry i'm sorry I, I was just gonna say that's that's another distinction though to make between hikikomori and neat but i don't want to i don't want to tangent off what you were gonna say because right. that would go in a different direction so well, well what i was gonna say is that so far from how we've described being a hikikomori um i mean just just from what we've we, we've we've said so far is that is it really a disorder i mean maybe just some people prefer to not be very sociable i mean i understand it's strange because humans are, are such pack animals but you know is it is it so weird that someone just would rather not be around people i think it's the extreme though i i, I don't yeah. think it's like a oh i i'm introverted and i'd rather play video games by myself i think this is this is the extreme of kind of like how most people don't like uh I'm I'm gonna I don't know I'll I'll upset someone no matter what I say but I'm arachnophobic I can't handle spiders like I've had to work up to learning to how to kill the tiny little spiders to get them away um, and I would say most people not all I realize but most people don't like spiders so but they're not like I have an issue with them. And and I think that's the thing with hikikomori is that it's beyond just a I don't want to be around people or I don't want to deal with people or however you want to say that to the point of I can't. I physically cannot. I cannot bring myself to face another human being. And I think it's it's kind of that level. I think it's uh, I, this is what I where I should have gone with it from the start. It's the difference between being depressed and sad. Mm. Where if you break up with somebody, you're sad, let's say. And you eat a gallon of ice cream and you're like, you don't go out for two weekends and put on your fat pants and then feel better. And, and, but you could still deal with people. But like, this is like the palm sweating, head going crazy. 
I physically cannot do this. Right. And and that's what I think the distinction is for hikikomori between just people who are like, I don't want to deal with people. Okay, there's more to this definition. Okay. So in principle, hikikomori is considered a non-psychotic condition distinguished from social withdrawal due to positive or negative symptoms of schizophrenia. So there is, uh, however, there is a possible of possibility of underlying prodromal schizophrenia and I'm not a I'm not a doctor so I don't know what that means but generally my understanding is that it's considered non-psychotic so it isn't like they're you know schizophrenic right. and so that's why they recluse well hold on it did say that it, it it's related to schizophrenia though is that I'm gonna look up what prodromal schizophrenia is okay because I, I mean I do know schizophrenia uh, which I think means when literally translated split from reality um, which okay. basically a lot of hallucinations and things like that. Prodromal schizophrenia is the is usually the beginning phase of schizophrenia when symptoms are vague and very easy to miss. So it's I guess the very beginnings of 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 it. So there's a possibility that it's that there is a little bit, but only like the very like so, so first per- stage. Yeah. So perhaps you know some uh, mild paranoia or maybe yeah, just uh, inconsistencies in the way you perceive the world around you. And, and Mitsugi loves moe in the chat says prodrome are, are the symptoms leading up to a full-blown disorder. Mitsugi loves moe. Are you are you a doctor or a nurse or something? I, I, I'm curious about our listeners. Uh, also, 80% of individuals are males from middle-class homes, which is why the home, the, the families are so able to support them. And, you know, so that's part of the, that's part of it. Which makes me wonder if they, let's say, weren't in a middle-class home. Let's say they grew up in, in a situation where they had to go out and about to support themselves you know i mean how how would they how would they get through their life i mean so is this basically is this a disorder that only affects those and which is a weird thing to say but only affects those that are that have the luxury of of being affected by it you know what i mean that are in a position where they can well i think there is a distinction to be made between hikikomori and and neat so Hikikomori, I have never seen anything that says that they can't work from home. So I think that there is, I'm not an expert on it, but I think that there is a possibility that you could do some kind of like work via the internet. But mostly what I hear is that the parents are willing and happy to support their kids. So yeah, that's why it says that most of them are middle class yeah. people. But but I wouldn't, I, I also kind of look at it from the perspective, and this may be really sad to say, but it could also be true. And I don't know if it is or not. So here's my big asterisk to that. But I would almost wonder if people from lower class families, let's say, who might be suffering from something like this, just choose to end it. They don't have the luxury of dragging it out. And they just say, I can't deal with any of this anymore and jump in front of a train. Uh, By the way, Mitsugi Loves Moe in the chat says that um, he is a doctor, presumably a he. I am not a psychiatrist, but quote unquote, we did study this stuff in medical school. That's so cool. We have listeners that are doctors, and hmm. I love it. Yeah, and uh, to go along with what you said, Chiaki, uh, the Bex nine one seven in the chat says that. Um, I guess his assumption is that a hikikomori who can't be supported is basically a homeless person. So, which is understandable. I mean, a large percentage of homeless people have mental disorder so i could i could definitely understand that i just know that for me personally if growing up i was a hikikomori my my parents would be like well you got to get a job so figure it out son yeah (laughs) you know and and but i think i think what mitsugi was saying also there there could be a distinction between 
a hikikomori may not necessarily be a neat. A neat being a person who's not engaged in education or training, N-E-E-T. Right. Um, and I, I would think, and I'm not 100% sure, but I would think that if it was a job, let's say a computer coding job or development job or something that they could do from their room with very minimal interaction with other people, even mm -hmm. online... Um, I, I would think that they that would be something that they potentially could do. But yeah. I think the, the big thing with this is that they're not. Yeah. I mean, but they would still they would have to go to school to get that degree in order to ah. go down that career path. They would have to job interview. Yeah. They would have to. I mean, oh, we're going to no way there. to completely remove yourself from society. I know? promise you that by the time by the time we're done with this, it's all going to come together. Okay. <laughs> so so the treatment options, I'm just trying to be thorough here. So, so, yeah. so the treatment options for this are, are there is a combination of things that are currently done. They are, it is a combination of socialization, which is basically encouraging people to, re, to reintegrate in, in, into society by removing them from their home environments, mm -hmm. generally. And then there's also some psychological methods, so things like counseling and you know, helping people that way. So those are, generally speaking, the, the causes. So, Kazo, you just mentioned going to school and things like that, right? Right. So there are some things that people, have, people generally believe that cause... Hikikomori. So we now know what it is. Now, why does it happen, right? Mm. So in most cultures, you go to school, you graduate, you get a job, you get married, etc. There's like a general, a normal course of things that happen in society. Well, in Japan, it's a little different. Okay. Okay. Most college graduates are... You go to school, then you become a mech pilot. Yes. Then you go to space. Yes. Then you... Then you, you build a space <laughs> elevator. Right. Then, then you fight against the America, American mech pilots. Yes. <laughs> you yes. guys are great. I've seen that, too. So, in Japan, about... I think I saw... I think it was about... Oh, I can't remember how, what, what percentage, but it's a larger percentage than, than in America. Go to college. It's like between 25 and 50% go to college. So it's a pretty high percentage. And in Japan, it's expected that you'll have a job waiting for you when you graduate. So you'll, generally speaking, be offered a job or you will find a job while you're in school. Hmm. And so when you get out of school, you enter into Japan's the notorious lifetime employment system for corporations where you join a corporation and in exchange for your loyalty, they will employ you forever. Oh, wow. And okay. you're expected oftentimes to never leave that 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 place and that's a huge problem too because if you don't like where you work or you get trapped in there then you can't just quit because then the next company thinks you're disloyal and that you might quit them and that was something that i talked about with my japanese friends who i had this one friend who hated her job and i was just like why don't you leave and she was terrified to yeah. leave her job because she was True. like she was like I don't, I don't think i could get another one she had a good job she's an accountant yeah. i think yeah so so, so here's what people believe are cause, is causing hikikomori. So the lifetime employment system in Japan's corporations has made it difficult for youths to just join companies out, outside of university. The problem is that the result is that many of them can't find, many people that are coming out of university can't find jobs because there's too many people that are currently employed in corporations and there's no job openings. Okay. So what happens is that People will graduate from school and they have this feeling of failure because they're supposed to be able to get jobs and find jobs, but sometimes there aren't jobs to be had. So you graduate and you spend all this money and time and then you fail. You fail your society, you fail your family because you can't find, a, you can't find work. And this is coming from an article called 
all all about Hikikomori Japan's mission J- Japan's missing millions by Caitlin Stainbro- Stainbrook and it's it's a societal shame thing that causes Hikikomori to recluse from society and that's why so many of them are ma- are males that that are middle class and have been in school because there's this evidence of intense societal pressure for career and material success so it's it's the it's the combination of going to school being a man i know it's sexist but being a man in, in japanese society and failing and then just it's easier to just recluse away and, and hide from the hide from the problem than it is to just keep looking for work it sounds crazy but that's that's what i'm reading you know what i think is interesting about this and 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 i find this fascinating and as well as as well as sadly problematic is this notion of people trying to find out what causes people to be hikikomori and and the reason why i say it it could be a little sad or problematic is that potentially and i think likely is that people who who are truly suffering from this are probably suffering from some kind of chemical imbalance in the brain and and i think well, I think there can be life events that are so traumatic that, that people's brain chemistry is altered or they struggle with that psychologically for, for years, um, if not the rest of their life. I also think it's kind of like looking at someone who's depressed or who, has, who struggles with severe anxiety and, ju- and saying to them, well, why are you so depressed? Yeah. Why don't you just be just, happy? Just feel better. Just feel better. Or <laughs> someone who has severe yeah. anxiety. Why are you worrying? Just stop worrying. There's no reason to worry about it. And I and I feel like yeah. it could be the same with this where... I know that feel, bro. <laughs> where the <laughs> Japanese culture is looking at it going, we have to fix this problem. We have to find the cause of this problem. And they're looking at it from a perspective of what's causing this problem in the society rather than just saying we just need to help these people and we need to just make them better because yeah. maybe it's not like a trigger in society maybe it's just how their brain is wired yeah and and when it comes to things like that as far as how your brain is wired it's like uh, in a lot of cases there's just no way to fix that you know what i mean like yeah. you can you can try various different you know um drugs and things like that to alter your brain chemistry but it doesn't always work sometimes it even makes it worse a lot yeah. of times it makes it worse yeah well sometimes you take a drug so, and it fixes one problem and causes another absolutely absolutely i mean a lot of times especially with like um uh with ssris which is an anti um depression kind of drug a lot of times you know they don't know what to start you off with so you'll end up way worse from yeah. the dose that they give you and then they have to kind of adjust from there so there's not always a fix for these kind of things which is really yeah. too bad and I, I mean, you just in a lot of cases have to learn how to work around it, how to deal with it. Yeah. But I, I feel like I, I wonder if and this is, again, just from my perspective, I wonder if that's kind of a cycle that that Japan is falling into is saying, what made you a hikikomori? And it's like saying to that person who has severe anxiety yeah. going, why are you so worried about everything? Yeah. And the person with anxiety is just like, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I well, I, I've suffered from a, a depression throughout my entire life and to and often ask myself why do i feel this way yeah. and you just don't there's no answer you know and even even if like it it makes no sense in your head you're like uh, you know um i'll give you an example i was thinking about this earlier today that um it's about to get real up in this mother Go so for it. um uh this okay whatever i'll say it um i hate myself a lot but mm-hmm. and i constantly have to remind myself that oh no people like me so even though I hate me, I'm wrong. So it's like, 
you know, you, you constantly have to be correcting your, your way of thinking. And, you know, I don't know how I got off on this tangent, but you were saying something about something that triggered that, but. Oh, about uh, how it's like asking somebody with anxiety yeah, or something. Exactly. Why do you so feel that even way? there may not be a reason, yeah. you know, there may not be a, Oh, well this leads to this. And so that's, that's why. But, um, a lot of times it's just, your brain is playing a trick on you. Yeah. Basically. I'm pretty sure we all like you, Kazuo. Oh, I know. Okay, good. <laughs> so some some people blame the parents in Japan. I have seen this so much. There's a there's a culture of amae in Japan. It's a Japanese word that means to be spoiled, and it refers to Japan's overindulgent parents. Chiaki can attest to this just as much as anybody. You have this culture where parents just baby their children until they basically reach a certain age and then they're just supposed to stop doing that and it's up until how, how old would you say it is where the where kids can just get away with anything it doesn't matter what it is junior high so, 22 I'm just but, but i think i think the <laughs> just interesting kidding. i think the interesting thing about it though is that and and this is what i've been told when i when i was talking to japanese mothers and stuff like that and and japanese friends where the parents let their kids do whatever they want in elementary school because, oh, kids will be kids. And because there's that expectation of the second they reach junior high, the pressures of society are going to be placed upon their shoulder. The hammers is going to drop and society is going to force them into the, the niche that they belong into. And they're going to become a dutiful cog in the system. And I feel like again as an outsider looking in i feel like that could be part of the problem with stuff like this is because there is no system for how to deal with it it's like the kids in in high schools that you'll hear about in japanese high schools and i heard from my friends who who worked in japanese high schools where the delinquent kids or whatever are just kind of forgotten because everybody looks at them and goes we don't know how to deal with you you were supposed to just poof magically figure out your place in society and we don't we aren't equipped with the knowledge of how to help you find that place and how to guide you there because it didn't just happen naturally mm. and so and i wonder if there could be an element of parenting being the same way of i just expect that my kid no matter how bad they are in elementary school by the second they hit junior high they're going to be a Studi they're going to be studious and they're going to be hardworking and they're going to be respectful and they're going to know their place. And if if they break the molds, the parents are going. We've never been equipped with the knowledge of how to deal with this. So the so the culture of, of Amaya gets blamed because people think the parents should just stop supporting them and drag them out of their rooms and say it's time to get a job. You know, rather than doing the laundry and stuff for the for the per for the hikikomori, right? They should try to encourage them to get out of the house and get you know reintegrate mm -hmm. so there is that people some people do blame the parents and some people don't believe that that the condition exists at all and that it's just and that the condition of hikikomori is just a it's just a symptom of a greater problem you know that 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 there's nothing here other than something other than some other mental condition like they don't actually have a there's no such thing as hikikomori what they really have is severe depression or schizophrenia uh, and perhaps but i mean that's kind of like think. that's splitting hairs it's like uh, yeah. w you know regardless of what you label it as it is what it is you know so um but yeah and then you know obviously i don't, I don't really know anybody who is a hikikomori but do they often suffer from depression i, I know we mentioned that they have um 
uh, like uh, the, the the beginning signs of uh, schizo- uh, schizophrenia. So I don't know if they also suffer from depression often. I don't know. I but feel like I feel like it can go hand in hand though. That if yeah. you're suffering from something and you're not getting the help that you need, right. I feel like it could easily lead to depression. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it could, could be any number of, yeah. of you know psychological issues that cause them to have that lifestyle. Okay, so let's move on to the effect on society. You know, I think I think this is something that's interesting to look at, and and the effect, quote unquote, on society because. It, <sighs> I, I I almost feel a little eh about this because I feel like it's victim blaming <laughs> a bit of saying like you have a problem and now you're making my problem worse <laughs> because I just look at that and I'm like oh I uh, so yeah. so well, let's let's be gentle with this for sure. but but I think the ways to look at it are sufferers are oftentimes in their 20s and 30s and as Mitsugi said they're many times male so they could go into the workforce and I and I think a way I think a way to look at this kind of the effect on on Japanese society is more concern for people who who are suffering from this in their families because the the so-called quote-unquote first generation of hikikomori who've been living with their parents for the past 20 years are approaching 40 and many people are starting to really get worried about what's going to happen to these aging hikikomori. I mean if these are people who have been shut-ins for the past 20 years. Right. Like getting them reintegrated into society or being able to even self-sustain is going to be a huge task and their parents of course if these are people who are pushing 40 their parents are also very old at that point probably or or okay maybe not very old but they're aging as well they're senior citizens at that point they're senior citizens and eventually they're going to die off and what's going to happen when they do who will who will take care of these people and who will help them and who as will, they need to be helped that's a really tough thing because like i often um think back to when like you know thousands of years ago when humans were just tribal you know um creatures and and, and if someone suffered from this kind of condition it's like well they would probably just die off but on um, but now nowadays you you know we have these societal things set in place to help take care of these people so that's that's a really tricky thing i mean would they then just become you know like i don't know like wards of the state for lack of a better term uh like um you know like a, like a disabled person would here in the u.s where they would just receive funding and and housing i mean i guess it depends on how they view the condition so now i think we're sort of maybe tiptoeing our way into the into chiaki in my realm of more of the business and economic side of this because in addition to having all these people that maybe cannot support themselves, the drain on the Japanese economy is going to be staggering. I mean, you've got, you already have an aging workforce and a country that's, that's continually more dependent on its youth to support the economy of the country and its children. And when all of these parents, when all of the quote-unquote baby boomers and even older than baby boomers start to die off in Japan, and we already know Japan is the oldest population in the world. Their average something like 48 years old is the average. Wow, it's the oldest for real? The yeah. oldest. Jeez. By a few years, too. When, when, the, when the population is dropping by the year, and it is dropping now, it has started, you need to have this million people to slide in there and start to fill the workforce in. A million people is a, is a significant portion of the workforce. I've got an idea. All right. You get all the hikikomoris together. You get an island. 
You put them all. <laughs> no, 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 you put them all on the island. You get a you get a TV crew. You send it with to them to the island with them, and you have a twenty four hour live streaming show like channel for you know called Hiki Komori Island, and you sell advertising, and that's how they'll be able oh to support themselves. Oh my god! You no, may even be able to turn a, a profit on it. that. <laughs> I I could really roll with that, but I shouldn't. <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm just. You know I. I, I think it's one of those things, as Mitsugi said, looking at it from the economic perspective, it's it it can feel rather heartless. And I and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I got to begrudgingly put on that business hat and say, uh, because because you want to look at it as, as, as a human and from a human perspective and from a compassion perspective. But at the same time, even coming from that perspective, you it's it's hard to deny that it's going to have strains on the economy not to deal with it properly I, it, I look at it kind of like it's it's like saying there's my kid has a problem and then not helping the have helping the kid fix that problem because it's just going to make things worse as time goes on and and there's already some of that going on because the Japanese government currently requires every city to have a support center for hikikomori and most of the time, the people calling are the hikikomori's friend, uh, parents, family, rather than the hikikomori themselves. Right. But because they, they probably don't want to have to talk to anybody. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, but the support, the success of these support centers is widely debated, and that's already something that's that's absorbing time and and resources. And not to say that it shouldn't be, because I'm glad those support centers exist. Honestly, I think that's a a great thing. But it. To me, I look at it from the perspective as I look at many problems of are we fixing the problem or are we fixing the symptom? Yeah. And and I think that's what I want to see the Japanese government look at and invest money. It's not a don't invest money into this because it's wasting money. But to me, it's a sit down and figure out what the problem is as best you can when it comes to something like mental health and fix that don't just say oh we need to figure out a way to throw these people back into well, the society the, the problem is the society that's yeah i yeah, mean you can't, exactly there's no say. fixing it yeah I there mean, are some like core fundamentals of how the society run is run in japan that seem to be causing these issues and and as you were saying to sit there and try to just patch up these little holes isn't going to fix it there's you know the the, the the greater issue is still there so yeah, I mean, you can't you can't completely change the way that the way that society is. You, that's th- what you would have to do. I mean, you yeah, basically you'd have to do that. I'm more concerned about who's going to fix the economy because yeah, a lot of these older generations are going to are going to pass away, and then you have all these hikikomori whose whose parents have died, but they're just going to inherit the home and all the money from the parents. So it isn't like anything will change, and you're going to be left with this gap. Jeez. Because all these people are there, the the the, ma- the vast majority of them are are of the age of right when you get out of college. So they're we're talking like twenty five to thirty five years old here, and there's going to be this gap, this gap in the workforce where there's nobody there to fill the gap. You know, these right. people are going to pass away. Corporations are going to need to fill are going to fill jobs, and you're going to have to bring like little eight year old kids to work <laughs> with ties and business suits on to fill the gap because. The twenty-five and thirty-five, and then you make a gone. TV show out of the eight-year-olds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, but that was our—I mean—and that was already a problem that Japan was in for it, with the declining birth rate and everything. That—that's been something that's been an issue Japan has been struggling with for years and has been staring them in the face for a long time now. And I—and I think hikikomori are becoming an issue as as that issue becomes 
as that issue becomes more prominent and becomes closer to time of saying we need the next generation to work anyone who doesn't fit into that mold is going to be looked at with even more scrutiny i feel yeah i mean as far as like the um economy is concerned i mean the market will take care of itself it'll correct itself and even though that that may mean that you know japan goes through some really bad times you know for a couple of decades yeah guess what what it is it'll sort itself out guess one more reason to short the yen i said it three years ago if you had listened to me three years ago you would have made like fifty thousand dollars by now but the yen won't stop it's 124 to the dollar right now it won't Mm -hmm. stop and this is just going to push it even lower well and i think one of the things to say too though is and i feel like we're making it out to be like Hikikomori everywhere. No one goes out in Japan. And I, and I think the thing is is to say that relatively speaking, this population is small to the whole population. It's like mm-hmm. 1%. Yeah, 1% of the total. It is, I, it's mostly men, right? I I know, but but what I'm what I'm trying to say Still is that one percent of a population is, is pretty well. That, big. That's that's it's what big. I'm trying. I'm I'm saying from a perspective of I just don't want to portray this as. of the population is suffering from this. Like, like it's 1%, but of mental disorders, it's a significant issue. But it's like, but it's basically like one saying, it's basically one in 50 men, period. Hmm. Like, and and I'm including like little little kids, like one in 50 uh, male people. So take the little kids out, take the old, old people out and concentrate that, that one in 50 just in, just in, in like your middle years. That's like saying, I don't know, I'm just going to speculate and say, that's like saying one in 30 people have cancer. Mm. Yeah. That's that's madness. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine if one in 30 males, uh, middle-aged men had cancer? I, I can't. All the more reason to get working on that AI so they can take over all the jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we can wow. all be hikikomori. One of the things that I thought was interesting that I read in looking at kind of society and hikikomori and their relationship was that... Um, some sociologists have talked about who what these individuals are and and they've said the sociologists have said that they're not kind of rebels in the sense of that they're rejecting one ideology and accepting another but that they're rejecting they're defining themselves by rejecting the core values of Japanese work and social ethic itself so right. these sociologists are asserting that hikikomori are the result of youth comparing themselves, as Mitsuki was saying, to increasingly unattainable measures of success. Right. And saying, we can't do that. And looking at it from that perspective, they say that's why you see a higher rate of males classified as hikikomori than females, because uh, they see the intense pressures for career success, marital success, and... On men specifically. On men specifically, that have grown over the years and are now largely unrealistic. You know, it's crazy. So, that It's all... it's all. I blame the, 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 old, the old people in Japan. I mean, it sounds bad, but the reason why there's no jobs to be had... I mean, because the un- I mean, the the employment problem is that there's so many old people working that there's just no jobs for young people. I mean, when you're talking about a population where two out of three people are, you know, 40 and older, there's no jobs left for the young people, and that's why you got you have all these people. It isn't like they don't try to find work. 
initially at least. It's just that they can't because everybody's working. There's not enough jobs. I mean, something that I that I think is interesting that Mitsuki said earlier about the middle class families, but kind of digging further into that, there is evidence that individuals who come from families with higher levels of education, particularly the father's education level. So again, son, father, kind of looking at that, I should be like my dad type of thing. I got nothing to worry about there. (laughs) (laughs) Have significantly higher chances of being dad. (laughs) (laughs) You're like check your face. (laughs) But but I think I think that's interesting. And and again, I I look at it from the perspective of I think it can be problematic to say this is the cause of something that could be just a a brain chemistry issue for lack of better terms I'm not a psychiatrist but I I think that that it is an interesting perspective to look at right. and and I do think I mean I do think that there are things that I think the pressure of Japanese society is a real issue. I mean, you see that in the suicide rate. You see that in the children's suicide yeah. rate. And I think any country that can boast one of, if not the, and I don't have the current statistics, so I'm not going to say the, but but definitely in the top 10, the top 10 of um, like first, like modern countries, like stable countries, um, suicide rates, like... Oh, it's the highest in the for, developed for world. For children. For yeah. children especially. I mean, there there are countries that have more, but it's but it's third world countries like, like Turkey. Wow. Actually, South Korea is up there. Well, they all have the same problem. Japan South- is actually not not quite the highest yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But look at all those countries above it. It's like Nepal and yeah. Burundi and countries where people are committing suicide because they all have, they all have terminal, terminal diseases. Uganda. I'm surprised that South Korea is number two. That's very insane. similar situation but yeah. but this is just suicides though all suicides um I'm, I'm i'm saying for children's suicide oh, i want to oh. say specifically for children's it was the highest anyways the problem is is that the suicide rate is too high right like yeah when you're like, in period. the top <laughs> when, when you're splitting hairs over the top 10 or the top 20 it's still too damn high right. Right. and so and so i think it's one of those things where again there are lots of complicated factors going in, but I think that the pressure of Japanese society is not something to be underestimated. Yeah, I, I think the society is definitely a huge part of it. H- however, the thing to consider is that everyone that lives in Japan is is dealing with those same societal issues, and it's it, and it is only affecting a certain small percentage of the people. So then, there's there are there must definitely be some sort of chemical you know brain chemical imbalance in those people that caused them to be affected in this way by the society yeah so certainly it's a it's a multi-layered issue for sure oh yeah and anything mental is and will be um do you guys guys want to talk about some of these anime that have hikikomori in them real real really quickly just because someone in the chat asked and someone listening might have the same question just for a point of reference the united states of america on the list of suicide rates and again overall not children japan was 17 uh south korea was two the united states is 50 five zero um five zero yes and uh i was trying to pull up another one i'll just say france france oh france is 26 Ooh. okay anyways we're kind of moving off topic with that sorry so anime that portray hikikomori so everyone everybody remembers no game no life that entire game is, or that entire anime is about hikikomori, because the main characters Shiro and Sora are, are, are hikikomori. But it's not really that game. That anime doesn't realistically portray hikikomori because it's sort of glorifying it. 
Mm-hmm. It's taking the problem of you've got these people that are shut-ins and glorifying the issue. So, because the, that anime is not trying to address the problem. It's just going, oh, these are people that play video games 24-7, so they're the greatest video gamers in the world. Yeah. You know? Awesome. So. <laughs> Again, living the dream. Uh, Kuroki Tomoko from Watam- uh, Watamote is... Uh, I don't know that show. Which I've heard is a good show. It's a, The main girl character, I believe, is Hikikomori, although I haven't watched that. Lane from Serial Experiments Lane, going way back. She's a hikikomori. That's so weird. I don't know if I ever thought about that when I watched that show. Well, you but didn't even know what it was then. I, when I watched that show, I was so young. I feel like I need to rewatch Five that. Five years old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ita- Itazu Yutaka, a.k.a. Pant- Pantsu from Eden of the East. Hmm. He's like a shut-in who tacks on his computer all day. He's a hikikomori. June uh, Sakurada from Rosin Maiden is a hikikomori, and Tatsushiro Sato from Welcome to the NHK is a hikikomori. And there's others. This is just a couple examples that I threw together here for dance to, to, to fully answer the question. You know, I, I think Welcome to the NHK actually does, of all the ones, again, not having watched Lane in a long time, because that could be a good example, but, but I actually think Welcome to the NHK does a pretty good job of broaching such a difficult subject in such a way that it, uh, is still kind of fun. Like, I hate to say yeah, it like that. Like That's it's, problematic it's, well, to say. It's but still an entertaining show. But he, yeah. you know what's, what's interesting is about Welcome to the NHK is that he definitely does have some schizophrenic you know, yeah. episodes and, and, and traits. I mean, I th- I think it's one of those interesting shows that you can watch it and you can enjoy it. It's not like it's not like Lane where you're like, all right, I'm gonna watch this show and I need to mentally prepare myself for it. But at the same time, the show fairly is true to the fact of saying this person has this issue and the show is gonna be about them resolving it. And and it's it's a good show in general. So I think we should we should. Uh, Scurry our way into the news break. All right. Well, we are scurry, scurry scurrying into our news break. And when we come back, we're going to have impressions. Our first round of impressions on Woo. the new season. Woo! We are going to be doing impressions on Gates, Gangsta, Gangsta, Dragon Ball Super, Chaos Dragon, and Alharu X Kikanju. So stay tuned. This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, if you're fans of Assassination Classroom, then you need to be jealous of a lucky 200 people who got an idea of what being in the Assassination Classroom must be like this past June. A special Kudo train ran on the Seibu Ikebukuro line in northwest Tokyo with none other than Koro Sensei, who's played by Jun Fukuyama, as the conductor. Fans were chosen beforehand by lottery, so this wasn't random luck. The Koro train was decked out in Assassination Classroom wrapping and included several decorations inside, including anime character designs and exhibits with cast autographs. The passengers got to hear train announcements by Koro-sensei, including his brand of humor and class rules. In other news, Studio Ghibli's latest film, When Marnie Was There, is airing on 33 screens in the U.S., 
It's on its seventh week in the box office, and Box Office Mojo has reported its total at just over 513,000 US dollars. Now, this isn't very much, but as a point of comparison, Studio Ghibli's previous animated film, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, barely broke 500,000 after eight weeks at the box office this past December, but the film opened on fewer screens in total. It's hard to say which film is doing better, but I think it's safe to say that these films aren't having that much pull in the States. In other news, everybody knows that 7-Eleven in Japan is on point when it comes to collaborating with anime. And for those of us in the States who have to wait for them to show up online, it's always exciting to see what toys may be hitting the eBay sites next. Well, according to a recent tweet from Nisioisen's anime, Hello Kitty and characters from the Monogatari series are collaborating again to sell exciting merchandise at Japanese 7-Elevens. The designs can be found in a tweet, although the nature of the goods have yet to be revealed. The tweet says, Hello Kitty and the Monogatari series are collaborating for the second time. These illustrations feature Shinobu, Hitagi, and Black Hanekawa. Characters from the Monogatari series will be selling collab merchandise at 7-Elevens nationwide starting in October. Look forward to it. I'm sure there are Monogatari fans out there who are in Japan and around the world who are already. Finally, speaking of things announced on Twitter, this is just a fun piece of news worth sharing. British Raptor JME put out a tweet that he was willing to trade a vinyl edition of his album greater than integrity or integrity and then the greater than sign for anyone who had a holographic Charizard Pokemon card in pristine condition. Some fans offered other holographic cards, but the rapper was having none of it. However, he did make good on his promise later posting pictures of him exchanging the vinyl of his album for holographic Charizard cards with some fans. This was Shiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Mitsugi, I miss Japan. Me too. What do you miss most? Hmm, that's tough. I love the onsen, and there's nothing like that here in America. Also, I loved getting around on trains, but... Oh, I know. I'd miss the convenience stores. Oh? There's nothing like them here in America. All the wacky things you can find. Anime gummies, strange crackers, Kit Kats flavored like green tea. I even saw Cheetos flavored like Mountain Dew. What? Ew. Were they good? I don't know. I never got to try them, and now I never will. You know, now that you mention it, I think JList.com sent out some on their snack subscription a while back. Snack subscription? I joined to give me that little taste of Japan. Every month, they send you a random selection of Japanese snacks. It can be hit or miss on taste, but it's always fun to open your mailbox and see what you got. I miss the Japanese convenience stores, but hey, it's a little flavor of my Japanese adventures. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. JList.com, right? Mm-hmm. You can set it up as airmail or EMS. You can even buy it as a gift for someone else if you want. But you don't get to choose your own snacks? Well, no. Not as part of the snack subscription. It's a random grab. And hey, I think that's more fun. But if you want your pick, JList.com has dozens of snacks you can choose from and order a la carte. They're always getting more, so if you're craving something special, you never know if it'll come up. That settles it. I'll go to jlist.com today. It's been way too long since I've eaten something octopus-flavored. Hi, this is Tiffany Grant. 
Remember me, Asuka, Asuka Langley Soryu? Anyway, I'm a total anime addict, and if you're not listening to Anime Addicts Anonymous, what are you, stupid? And we're back to the 286th episode of the Anime Addicts Woo. Anonymous podcast. So good cast. to be back. Cast, 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 cast. I, I'm feeling good, edit. guys. I folded my seat cushion in half. I, I copied you. This is this is nice. Isn't this, this is better. better. This is yeah. way better. Our next, we were we were talking about it over the news break. Our next big studio upgrade, thanks to our Patreons. It's going to be new seat cushions. Yeah, some memory foam seat cushions. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that we really want to make happen. And then the, the epic ones we have are microphones. Yes, microphones that'll sound so good. I'm gonna start smoking when we get those new microphones, just yeah. so I can have that raspy voice. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, <laughs> impressions. It's like an after. And after two years of being on Patreon, we will pay Steve Bloom to fly to our studio and do a podcast episode with us in the studio. Oh my god, that would be awesome. I'd love to hang out with Steve Bloom. Like, he's just such a cool guy. It's not unattainable. It's just a matter of, do you want to pay Steve Bloom $5,000 to, to hang out? To hang out. <laughs> fly and do a podcast episode. Oh, you and of course, that's... a couple hentai episodes also, because For why sure. not? You mean that's not how you get your friends? <laughs> You'd be like, I will pay you to be my friend, please. I actually saw, so sometimes when I'm really bored, I go on Craigslist and I just look at what's <laughs> on there. I just look. Like missed connections. I just, I just look to see what's out there. Like man seeking woman, woman seeking man, missed connections. I just, I look because it, it makes me smile. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> but I, I, I have seen before like a... I want someone to be my friend. No Aww. sex involved. We'll pay. And I'm just like, oh. I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend, but please don't kill me. <laughs> like, I hope you're not creepy. Um, but, okay. Speaking Sorry. of which. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Miyazaki, <laughs> um, Gate. Is nothing like. Is nothing like. <laughs> anything Miyazaki would make. No, that that's from the way back in the day. I know, that's I know. Way, oh, okay. I remember. Okay. I was going to say, you should know that. You've been, you were our listener. I was, yeah, I was a super fan. So, I'm starting us off with Gate here. The, the full title is extremely long. It's called Gate. Gie tai kanochi nite kaku tate kairi, which means, God, what is it? It's like uh, when the self-defense force fights or something like that. So, I don't know. It's a very difficult title. Oh yeah. Oh yes. There it goes. It, the, the the Japanese translation is "gate." Thus, the Japanese self-defense force fought there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so this is done by Studio A1 Pictures. The director is Takahiko Kyogoku, whom I've never heard of, and he doesn't even have a picture on my anime list, despite having a huge list of credits here. So he did Bokura no, no Live, Kimi to no Life, which I've never seen. And he did Love Live, School Idol Project, a couple of them. And mm. a couple other shows that I've never heard of. But mostly this is his new thing. So the anime is a little weird. So What? Yeah. Anime? Yep. Weird? So bear with me here. <laughs> so... This anime is about a boy. He's actually not really a boy. He's a man. His name's Itami Yoji. 
and he is a I guess he's like an ex he's in the military of some he's in the he's in the self defense force and he's an otaku. Huh. Of course. Surprise. All right. So in some someday the a, a portal to a parallel world known as the gate opens in Ginza and monsters and army troops and all kinds of stuff pour out of the gate and start attacking all over the all over the all over the section of Tokyo. So the Japan Self Defense Force and by the way this whole anime is like a huge Japan Self Defense Force propaganda tool I feel like it takes action immediately and pushes back the fantasy creatures and defeats them and, and sends some of them back into the gate fleeing and in order to prepare for further fights and and as sort of a retaliatory effort the Japanese self defense force goes into the gate to see what is there like where is it going you know i thought right. the japanese self defense force wasn't allowed to engage in retaliatory efforts well that they're doing it well, okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i do think it's interesting though because i feel like guns and and fighting and and armies are becoming in vogue with all of the political debate right now that's going on in japan around gun use and armies and military and things like that and i and i think it's interesting sorry side sort of relevant that's fine so Basically, they 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 militarize sort of, and they send tanks and Humvees and tons of soldiers, and rocket launchers and everything else into the gate. Sweet, and <laughs> and basically they start fighting. So because they're there, and the armies of the other world start to start to attack them. So uh, picture this in your mind. Picture a world where there's no fantasy. Okay. And you've got cavalry on horseback, archers, swordsmen, people with pikes, etc. Fighting people with machine guns and tanks, and they don't. I have never. I haven't seen any helicopters, but wait. So the people on the other side of the gate have the primitive weapons, and the ones yes. on our side have yes. machine guns. And yes. Stuff. All well, right. Well, what happens is that you you're, you're in the second episode. You're treated, maybe even in the first episode a little bit, I can't recall, but you're treated to a scene where, I mean, they just kill hundreds of thousands of people in this foreign land because there's no freaking way that a guy on a horseback, on horseback can handle people that are shooting at them from 300 yards away with machine guns. You know, yeah. Becom 33 in the chat, though, does does have a good point where Becom says, this anime gives you the one thing you'd wish you'd always could see modern militaries tearing up medieval armies. And I feel like there is that element, though, of a lot of fantasy. Where I don't want that. <laughs> I, where I like, like, the Harry Potter jokes I think of, where it's kind of like the alternate fantasy world in the modern world, and everyone is just like, why doesn't anyone get, like, rocket launchers up in there and use that chisnat? So, anyways, sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Miyazaki, what? So... And, yeah, they kill hundreds of thousands of people with tanks and bombs and everything. It's really brutal. And then the third episode rolls around, and I think the anime starts to show its true colors. Shining through? Yeah. So the show... And that's why I love you? Yes, exactly. So don't be afraid to let them show. <laughs> so because the guy's an otaku, the military man's an otaku, and his buddy, sort of buddy in the, in the self-defense force, is also an otaku... They're constantly joking about when they're going to find an elf girl or an, an, a cat girl. 
and all this stuff in this fantasy world because they they know there's dragons because there were a couple dragons that came through the gate that attacked Ginza. So they're they're wondering when they're going to find all these fantasies that they've always had from mangas and whatever. And so, sure enough, they find an elf girl in a village that was decimated by a dragon. It was burned to the ground. There's an elf girl hiding inside of a well, and of course they rescue her, and she's she eventually wakes up in the, in the third episode, stark naked. Oh, and, of course. And then there is a scene where later on where they find a another girl and this girl really takes the cake she is basically a gothic lolita girl oh god this in an anime with like with with lacy leggings and cat ears and a giant scythe now does she look like she's eight years old or does she actually look like an Mm. adult i'd say on the sixth side more than the adult side so yeah i i think She's probably looks around 13. Yeah. 14. I, I would probably put her around there. So, yeah. And there's a couple sex jokes with her. Like, she sees the Humvee, and they're, and they're talking about how comfortable the inside of the Humvee is because the elf girl's in there. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so comfy. And so, of course. <laughs> That's the, so random. <laughs> well, it's better than being in, like, a wooden carriage, which is it's, what everyone it's else like has got. It, if you tune in and out of this impression, you'll hear, like, and there's an army mowing down another army <laughs> with machine guns. And then cut, cut, cut. And then the elf girl is sitting in there saying, it's so comfy. Well, <laughs> like, you're, here are your choices. Horseback, a wooden cart, or like a Humvee that probably has fabric seats. So obviously the Humvee's more comfortable. But the point right. is that the the, mo- the, lo- the lowly cat girl death god, she's like a death god, okay. gets in the Humvee, sits oh. on the guy's lap, and is like bouncing around on him. And they've uh. turned it into a giant sex joke. Where the one where the other guy's upset because he's not having a, a lowly lo, gothic lolita cackle riding him, and there's literally a line to the effect of "Don't touch the drive sh- or don't touch the stick oh, or God. something like yeah. that." Jesus. And she's like, "I'm touching it," and he's like, "Oh no!" And she's like, "I'm touching oh. it. What happens if I keep touching it?" Like, yeah, it's it is that. And there's a wizard. The there's a wizard with a little like. You know, what, guys, servant. I take it back. I don't hate myself. I hate everyone else. <laughs> No, no, you're All just other like humans. everybody else. <laughs> Good, let the hate flow through you. So, I'm kind of torn about this show because it looks it looks ugly. It's an ugly show. It doesn't look good. It, it does not look good at all. The I can't recall any any of the music in it, so the music's not particularly stupendous. And I I honestly don't really have any reason why I should pass the show but I'm having this thought where Uh-oh. I, I'm having you this ignore those I'm thoughts ha- this, is the, this is like the bubble show I think for, the, for our picks I'm trying to decide if I want to pass this or not because I honestly know that the show is going to be this thing where they just go from town to town you can tell from the opening video they're just going to go from town to town helping people and having like, like etchy um, otaku adventures and that sounds that sounds all well and good, but I know that that's what the show is going to be, and it makes it horribly predictable, and ultimately now, uninteresting. Now, also keep in mind, if you do not pass this, then you're going to have to pass something else that you may not want to pass. Yeah. So it's the lesser of two evils. Well, some of these shows this season are pretty evil. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I think that I guess I guess I'm going to pass it because. Ooh. 
honestly, this show is it's on the bubble, and this season's not particularly awesome. So I, I think it does kind of just barely slip through. And and um, I think I sort of let the chat make make the decision for me because fifty two percent of them, um, fifty two oh, only twenty two percent of people said fail. So, you know, I'm kind of like maybe I should just listen to them, you know, because I having trouble making my decision. Hmm. So you know what? What the hell? I don't know why, but let's just pass it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait! Oh, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we have pass drops now. That's awesome. Give me, given enough time, I will come up with anything. That's amazing. So I do not why I do not know why I passed gate jietai kanochi nite kaku tatekaeri, but I did it. I don't. I don't either. You went rogue on that, Mitsugi. I'll be honest with you. All, I mean, a lot of the shows this season are pretty bad. Yeah. If, I, if, if it's not one evil, it is, it's another. It is I, slim pickings. I went. I went by the numbers on our spreadsheet. It's the eighth show. So that's why I did, that's why I passed it. All right. Well, I am going to be treating you all to an impression on Gangsta. Gangsta. Gangsta is slated to be a 12 episode show. It's from uh, Bandai, Bandai Visual. Now, ha- and have they ever made a Gangsta show before? No, right. So then you would say this is the original gangsta? This this is probably the original gangsta <laughs> so, of anime. So can I just make another joke real quick while, sure. while we're making jokes about it? Yep. So whenever I hear the title of the show, all I can think of is in the boondocks where where we're at. <laughs> he says, "How you drop the gun, gangsta licious? That's so not gangsta. So not gangsta." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Boondocks is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gangsta if if you are <laughs> If you are over the age of 22, hmm. I, I'll, I'll cut it off there. If you are over the age of 22, Gangsta is the show that you have been waiting for. Word? Word. Because... Oh, shit. Yeah. That's what's up. It's what's up. So, Gangsta is this gritty, no-holds-bar, like, straight shot of kind of that... I don't know, like that old school charm of like mobs and mafias, but enough of like anime for the anime fan. And it is something that just is not playing around right, right off the bat. We're, we're introduced to the world and the story and the characters. So, um, the, the two, the two main characters of gangsta are Nicholas and Warwick and Nicholas and Warwick are handymen. And so, Nick for short, and they take care of jobs that no one else will handle. So, like, they're the people who get called in um, to to do things for everyone from, like, the police to the mob. This reminds me of, like, an 80s cop, like, movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Lethal Weapon. So, so it's kind (laughs) of like... It's kind of like the um, we do the jobs no one else will do exactly, and it's and it's like that almost ev- the vibe that I've gotten already is like everybody knows that they kind of need these people, like the police need them because they work outside the law. Thank you, <laughs> and and the mafia, like the gangs, need them because. Uh, wait, what? Oh, I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know, know if you had something else for that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. But, I was thinking about Lethal Weapon. That's it, a great movie. It, it, it's all good. <laughs> so, so we're we're introduced to these two people, and right, like this anime, 
no one no one looks like they're like four years old like everyone looks their age in fact even, I would even say, the four-year-olds look like old people <laughs> <laughs> no, there's only there's only one kid and they're a kid like and that's it that we've seen so far the nick and warwick are like these grizzled old like army men type of thing is well, is the vibe you get from they're them. not old old they're probably like no, what, 30s or something yeah i'd say i'd say they're like 30s but but for anime that might as well be ancient yeah i mean by anime standards <laughs> everybody's 12 everybody's 12 so so in this anime like like and, and i and i hate to put it like this but but i'm gonna like you know warwick um warwick has like hair on his chest and stuff like that it's like he's a man he's a man like what makes a man <laughs> Is it the woman on his arm? Um, speaking what? of, that's that's. What is that? Isn't that the lyrics to the song? Yeah, I'm gonna try to find the song. Oh, okay. What song? Um, the song. Oh, it's, God. it's from Orgasmo, right? Yeah, from Orgasmo. I don't know. Um, anyways, so speaking of the woman, so so we meet um, our female lead very quickly right off the bat, um, and that is uh, I'm forgetting. The show has I, a woman in it. This show does have Just a one. woman in it. No, no, there, there are, there are other women in there. Um, Rebecca. Rebecca. That's what we're gonna call her. Um, I think it's Alex. Yes, Alex. So Alex is a prostitute, and you kind of see her dealing. Like she gets beat up in the first episode, and you have this like back alley scene when a guy is is plowing her. Wow. But it's not like it's not sexual. And I know that's Wait, weird. What? Okay, I know that's weird to say. He's plowing her, but it's not sexual, don't worry. I no, mean it's not me, like romantic. Ex- <laughs> no, no, no. Let me explain that. Let me explain that. It's sexual from the sense of it is sex, but it's not sexual from the perspective of the the person who's directing this wants the viewer to get off from it. It's okay. not sexual from the sense... It's not sexualized. Let me put it like that. That's a better way to say it. It's not sexualized. Like, it's one of those things that you you see in silhouette. So you know exactly what's happening. It's not like insulting, like, camera pan up and then... You, you know exactly what's happening and you see it in silhouette. But it's kind of like that once the scene is over... And it's only a blip. It's only, like, five or ten seconds. So it's not gratuitous. But once the poor scene guy. is open... <laughs> or, or poor woman. Once the scene is over... You feel dirty as the viewer. Like, there was no enjoyment out of that that you got from the viewer, which I commend the show for. Because, again, it's going from this kind of really gritty and real perspective of, like, there is shitty things out there, and they're just shitty. Another thing Mm -hmm. that I really like about this show is one of the main characters, Nick, is deaf. Um, And he communicates exactly as most deaf people would or do um uh, that's a, not to kind of backtrack a little bit but yeah. uh, dramatic pause does raise an interesting point in, in the in the comments or in the um chat uh they say every woman is a prostitute an old baba or a child which they're not a fan of is that true in this show oh yeah so this, it's this falls into that problem definitely not a actually not a feminist no, show <laughs> no 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 in the I think it was the third episode. In the third episode, there was a woman who was hiring. Warwick also works as a gigolo on the side. Um, <laughs> All right. And there was a woman who hired him, who is going to be a character. So, so I he's the prostitute. So he's the prostitute in that situation. So I don't know if that kind of... 
I, I, I'm not trying to paint this as a show that doesn't have problems from a perspective of, of feminism and, and sexism and things like that. But what I am saying is that this they are handling heavy subject matter with gravity. They're not just like throwing things in there willy-nilly. So there are issues with the show. Um, but but I think that there there's a lot of good to be said for the way that they're doing it. Um, in the first three episodes, we, we meet our handymen. We see them kind of work on a job. They, Alex becomes part of their, their group. And um, we learn a little bit about the Twilights that I'm pretty sure Nick is, if I understand the episodes correctly, that Nick is a part of. And there Does are these- he sparkle? He doesn't, thank oh, God. Just checking. Um, but he, he wears these dog tags, and we see him fight with another person who wears dog tags, and, and they have a conversation about how dog tags are usually to mark soldiers, but mm-hmm. but these dog tags are, are people with basically, like, special abilities. So there's something uh. there's something going on there. There's a deeper plot. The pacing So it is an anime. Been, it is an anime, and, and, that's, and that's what I said. <laughs> like, this is the anime 22-plus-year-olds like, have been so, waiting for. So far, it seems just like a gritty cop drama, but no, it's actually an anime. There are people with special powers. And but, <laughs> but the special powers so far, they've seemed more like super soldiers' special powers and not like power ray pew pew like <laughs> like it, pew, pew. it's it seemed more like like captain america super soldiers and less of like thor i guess okay, <laughs> i don't know to, sure. to to make a, a comparison um the director of this show also directed ergo proxy nice um and witch hunter robin nice so like so this, this guy. guy has some and he's some wearing stuff sunglasses under. in his picture he's wearing sunglasses he also directed uh gasaraki which i don't gasaraki yeah yeah do, do you know that I yeah seen I know. that one oh, okay well he directed that one too. It's also pretty good um so he has a pretty decent track record of directing some shit that isn't like flowers and rainbows and and fluffy bunnies hopping everywhere and uh, I don't know why I can never remember the name of the show, but I remember I brought it up when we originally had picked uh, Gangsta, mm-hmm. um, and it's the one about the guy who's like undead, and he um, Gungrave. Gungrave. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Have you seen Gungrave? I've seen it. Is I it haven't. A, okay, well, the beginning of it's great. The second half sucks. Well, yeah, I was I was gonna ask if this is anything like Gungrave in its feel and kind of like how the characters are. Because it seems like it from what you're telling me. I, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen Gungrave. Maybe. Maybe someone maybe someone can weigh in on the chat yeah, on that. Chat. But, Let me know. But not to drag this out any longer than it needs to be because I think it's obvious this is a definite pass. I think this is arguably the best anime of the season, and I say that three episodes in. So Groovy. Yeah. <laughs> Got Duke Nukem for gangsta. Alright. One more time. Groovy. Yeah. 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 So our next impression Chala. is Hedchala. No, it's not Chala Hedchala anymore. It should be. Damn it. Yeah. You'll never take that from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be doing Dragon Ball Super. Um, and Sparkling. sparkling. No, it's <laughs> Chodets Mode. It's Diapanik. Let's go. Go. <laughs> you have any, no recollection? No, I've only seen the first episode so far. Okay, so Dragon Ball Super is the new installment of the Dragon Ball anime, obviously Dragon Ball Z. It follows directly after the Boo Saga. So for those of you that have never watched Dragon Ball Z, you will not know what's happening because you will not know any characters. They don't explain anything that you're just supposed to know. 
which if you don't know, you I don't know what you've been doing. It's Dragon Ball. So, essentially, they start off the season with the same thing they do after every major conflict. They have a couple fluff episodes. So, I mean, we had, we, we had Goku getting his driver's license was one of them. And, you know, there's, there's always the episodes with Gohan and Videl. Well... Well, they don't they really don't start off the season like that, do they? Well, they well the, every time every every time that there's an in between with the conflict, like oh, yeah, like yeah. when they defeated Frieza, there was a few episodes where they were where they were gathering the Dragon Balls and wishing people back, and right? And there course. was like yeah. yeah, so they're doing that. So Bidusu is coming, the villain is coming, but he won't show up for a, for a couple more episodes, really. And then they're gonna eat pudding, right? So it starts off with Goku; he's a radish farmer. And Chi-Chi's been hounding him because she's such a bitch. And she <laughs> wants him to make money because the cuck is... Earth is now peaceful yeah. and there's how, no how need dare to train. She, how dare she expect her husband to earn a living? It's like... So so I'm going to get to this, but that's some of the irony in this episode. So she wants Goku to stop training and start making money because the conflicts are over. Earth is now safe. Well, it's a good thing Goku doesn't listen to her because... He, you know, sort of has to fight Bidusu, so it's a good thing that Chi-Chi shuts her mouth, or he shuts her mouth for her. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, well, she's such a bitch. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on, like, Bulma is so cool in, in, this, in this series. Bulma and is pretty awesome. Generally always cool, and Bulma, Chi-Chi's such a bitch. So, uh, the irony here is that Goku is this man who fights the greatest villains in the universe, tr- Super Saiyan, can, could destroy the entire Earth, you know, if he sneezed incorrectly. I mean, they were blowing up planets back in Frieza, right? Right, of course. And when he was barely Super Saiyan. So now go. Well, now we're Super Saiyan 3, you know, Vegito, you know, whatever. That just shows you the power of the Punani. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> No yeah. matter how so, badass yeah. you are. <laughs> so the irony is that Goku can do all this stuff, but he can't support his own family with money. <laughs> That's the irony which, behind it. Which you think, like... Earth would just the United Nations or yeah. something would kind of be Give like him a stipend. Yeah, like him up. All right, dude, you've saved the Earth like ten bajillion times over. Here's we'll give you your land for free and your house for free, and here's a small stipend. So I'm gonna try to make this quick because I could go on for a while here. Basically, what happens in the first episode is uh, Mr. Satan Hercule gives Goku a hundred million zenny for saving the Earth. Nice. And it isn't until his Goku's gonna turn it down. Until Goten, his five-year-old son, says, You know, Dad, if you take the Zenny, Mom will let you go train at King Kai's planet. And he's like, Oh, yeah, you're right. Except he doesn't say it like He says, Oh, yeah, you're, all, you're right. Because he has that weird old yeah. lady well, voice. I'm trying my best. Uh, so it, Goten is, the, is smarter than his dad, his, his 42-year-old father. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, Goku's taking a lot of hits. So, <laughs> and, you, and you can just tell Goku oh, doesn't man. give a shit about Chi-Chi because... The, he takes the money back to Chi-Chi, and she flips out, right? And she's like, oh, my God, now we can get Goten, the best teachers. That brain trauma, though. And Goku looks at he looks at her, and he says, so now that we're rich or whatever, can I go train at King Kai's planet? And he, she says, oh, sure, yeah, whatever. And he instantly teleports. He <laughs> doesn't like, say goodbye. Right, cool, peace. <laughs> he doesn't say goodbye. He winks at Goten. Goten sort of winks back, and he's gone. Yeah. Goodbye. He's so eager to get Goodbye, away from bitch. his family. <laughs> what a Goku's kind of a dirtbag now that I think about it. No, like, well, not really because he's his a terrible kid, his kid, father and husband. Well, if you think about it, he could come back in an instant too. So, and his yeah, kids true. all, you know, he's in some ways he's the ultimate father. So, the second episode, uh, Vegeta takes 
Trunks and Bulma to an amusement park. And if I you'll recall, this episode. so he asked, this, is, this episode is so funny. So he, Bulma is talking to Vegeta and he barely talks in the episode. And she says, of course, and he explains that he's there. He's only there because he made a promise to Trunks. And so they show this flashback of Vegeta being the father of the year where he literally lays out his five-year-old child, <laughs> Trunks, lays him out. Yeah. Actually, I think Trunks is younger than five in that episode. Punches him straight up in the face. <laughs> it, it's that episode where where uh, Trunks can barely walk in the tr- in the in the gravity chamber. Okay. And then Vegeta's like, "Oh, if you were a man or whatever, you could." He's do like, it. "He's five years old, bro. Oh, relax." So, <laughs> Trunks is like, "Okay," and he tr- and he goes Super Saiyan and but he's running circles around the room like you know it's nothing. what though? At least Vegeta is there for his children. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, and not really. Wife. Goku's like, "Peace." <laughs> So, well, actually, they proved to both not be there for their children. So <laughs> that episode's hilarious. It's just all about Vegeta being grumpy. And I was going to say, we had further proof that you are Vegeta, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So there's a scene where where Bulma says, oh, he's eating is making him in a better mood or whatever. And I'm just like, that's me. He's angry when he's hungry. It's me. <laughs> so, yeah. And then in the third episode, which I watched today, it's all about Bulma's birthday party. So that's where... It's at Bulma's birthday party where they find Bidusu, so I know it's going to be very soon when he shows up. Have they cut back to Bidusu at all yes. to say where he's at? Because yes. I know they did in the first episode. Yeah, Yes, they do. Okay. So about half the show has been Bidusu so far. And Bidusu, he's not as terrible as he see, as, as he was in the movie. I think he, he becomes more likable. He's more just t- misunderstood. Yeah. So he becomes more likable the more time you spend with him. He's very selfish. I mean, he basically... In the first episodes, it makes this like the best chefs from this one con- this one planet cook dinner for him, and the planet's fate rests 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 in the fact that they can please his palate. <laughs> so he decides that he sort of likes the food, so he only destroys half the planet. Oh, nice! And here's how here's how powerful. B- I don't know if you understand how uh, this stuff works, but if you destroy half the planet, so I know that when Felix comes on, we're gonna have a debate about Goku versus Superman. I wanted I've been wanting to have that. Oh, really? Oh, that'd be an interesting debate. But here's how powerful Bidusu is. He literally is seated in a chair, taps his finger on the table, just taps it, and the planet splits in half. That's how powerful he is. So we're like freak. We're freaks. Like, I could destroy the universe powerful. Yeah. Well... And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't want to get off topic. I was going to start talking about Superman. Yeah. they, They talk about... One of the Supreme Kai's talks about how Bidusu has only been awake for half a day, and he's already destroyed nine planets. Nice, because he just goes around destroying planets. That's what he does. He's the he's a what's go- wrong? Like he is a god of destruction. Doesn't he have any hobbies? His hobbies are eating, bathing, and destroying planets. That's all he does. Somebody needs to give him a PlayStation. Here, t- check but this out. Neither him nor Weez are as bad as they seemed in the Dragon Ball movie, the Battle of the Gods. But it will probably be the next episode, the episode four or episode five, when he shows up at the party and starts causing problems. So that's you know when Boo won't give him his pudding. Now I got now I got some audio clips here because people say that well, I can't watch this and Funimation I don't think has announced the dub cast for this yet so it could I'm be sure sometime. they will at some point. But here are the voices of Vegeta and Goku. Now the Vegeta clip is very short. He doesn't talk much. Now I don't know if that voice sounded impossible for you to listen to. No, that's fine. So the Vegeta voice is fine. Here's the Goku voice. God, Jesus. 
sounds like an old Japanese I, woman. It is an old woman. I have such a problem. I've always had a problem with Goku's voice. He's like, a grown-ass man. Why does he sound <laughs> like my grandma? <laughs> That's the thing. is, It's like, even from the original Dragon Ball Z, when I first watched it subtitled, I was like, okay, Vegeta voice, I'm okay with. Everybody's voice, I'm generally okay with. And then it got to Goku's, and I was like, no, no, cannot. So, I, I don't want to drag this out too much longer, but at the end of the third episode... They're having everybody, every all the Z fighters. Every you've seen, you've seen everybody at this point. Everybody, Z fighters. That's what they're called. I know. And that's um, awesome. the uh, they're all at Bulma's birthday party on a cruise ship, and Vegeta is training back at Capsule Corp in the time chamber. Oh, as always, of course. And Goku is on King Kai's planet, shoulder pressing like ten million ton weights and stuff. <laughs> so neither of them give a shit. They're both <laughs> doing their own thing, and thank God. Because Bidusu and Metal Frieza, Mecha Frieza, are coming. Wait, what? Mecha Frieza? That's the second arc. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, I thought you... It's Frieza, and okay. he's more powerful than, you know, whatever. Right. So, it, thank God for them. So, basically, here, here here's my thought, okay? I love this. And I, I love the fact that Dragon Ball's back. And I've enjoyed every minute of, the, of this Dragon Ball series. But... Here's the thing. I am not going to pass it because what? if I do, it'll be three years before I get to the review. That's true. And I'm probably going to, I'm definitely watching it anyway, so there will be a review of it later anyway. So there's really no point in my passing it now. I should just hold it. I should just hold on to it and review it in two years when it's done. So it's not failing. No, it's, it's not. just it's not passing because of too, logistical reasons. It's too like good for Dragon Ball. I mean, they have done nothing wrong. It, if everything feels normal. No, nothing's well, obnoxious. Everybody feels like they're right, like the proper characters. I just love it. Well, I'll tell you what, Mitsugi. Don't fret. But why is that? Because since we're not passing Dragon Ball, I will do my episode by episode breakdown oh. of Dragon Ball, and you know we can talk with you about them maybe in a couple of um you know maybe catch up on the different arcs. But yeah, we'll do that. Anybody who watches. See, it's not, the chat's going insane because I passed Gate, but not Dragon Ball Z. I have a spreadsheet in front of me. Dragon Ball Z has a higher score. Or Dragon Ball Super has a higher score than Gate. But I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Dragon Ball Super anyway. You get yeah. both of them. So yeah, quick it's complaint, not failing. Quick <laughs> We're complaint, not failing Dragon Ball Super. I'm gonna play the fail drop anyway. But no, don't play the no, don't play the fail drop. Okay, okay, I won't play it. Let's just all go. Yay! I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it and review it later anyway. So quit 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 complaining. You know, honestly. Well, what you got to do? Really, what we're telling you right now is you are getting more anime. We're we're, we're telling you we're going to watch more anime because we're not passing this one in our right. system, so we're still passing eight. Yeah, but, but we're still going to watch and, this. And <laughs> I'll be talking about it every single week. So if you go over to our YouTube page, I'll upload Boom. some videos. I guess I got a, a couple that I need to. I'll, I'll do like the first three, kind of a summary, and then we'll start with the following week, where I'll just after I watch the episode, talk to you guys about what I thought. Yeah. That'd be cool. So you're actually getting yeah. more. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Giving you more. I'll, I'll, so and, by the way, thank the patrons for uh, Cosmo's yeah. YouTube Woo. stuff. So, so I, I forgot. I, had, I needed to go back and check the poll here. So the uh, 80% of people said pass gangster. Nice. Oh. And as the polls roll in, it looks like about 25 to 30% of people are saying pass Dragon Ball Super. I'm surprised it's that low. I mean, as as a Dragon Ball fan, it's perfect so far. Wow. Only Wow, that's crazy. As a Dragon Ball fan, Dragon Ball Super is exactly what I want right now. I wouldn't say it's exactly what I want. It's what I want. I mean, I would like some sort of plot, but, you know. 
It's still fun. It's for so God's fun. sake, we're still. You've only watched one episode. Yeah, but the first episode of Dragon Ball Z. They're still was in the Raditz tr- came to town and if knocked you, out Goku and if stole you were Gohan. To, if you were to take Dragon Ball Super and stack it right next to the end of Boo, it would feel totally normal. But it's because not the end of a show. It's the very beginning of a show. No, it's supposed to go sequentially right after Boo. I it's, guess there's no. There's supposed to be no <laughs> gap. Okay. All right, all right. So like. After they defeated Cell, they had a they had a filler episode. Then they went to Boo. Except for that ten year gap, or however long it's been. There's well, yeah, but no, but in the timeline of the Dragon Ball world, there has been no no time has passed. Mm. You're, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> so it's been like one year has passed. Okay, you know what? <laughs> now I'm mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do raging. love it too. I love it too. It's so much fun. It's quick, someone get him something to eat. <laughs> get the man some food. I'm Vegeta. Give me some food, goddamn. <laughs> Well, I guess the next thing we're going to be doing impressions on is a little show called Chaos Dragon. Is it actually a little show or is it? I don't know. (laughs) The the main character is a little. He's a little boy. Yeah. So Chaos Dragon, um, I watched earlier this week the first three episodes, which are out. So you guys can check them out, too. Uh, Let me go ahead and read for you the plot synopsis off of my anime list. It says here the story takes place in Huan Li. Um, the year of dazzling, three thousand fifteen. Dazzling. And when you say dazzling, you have to give the you spirit know spirit fingers. fingers dazzling thirty fifteen. Uh, Donatia and Koran, which are two countries, are fighting for supremacy. Uh, they're causing the world to be torn apart due to the constant war. Amidst the strife of the island country Nil Kamui, which has lost its independence, the Red Dragon, the guardian of Nil Kamui, goes out of control. Will the island country be able to regain its independence? Uh, it's based on a role-playing fiction project, Red Dragon, uh, created by five notable character designers. Oh, Gen Urobuchi, who did Fate Zero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the so they're going to talk and talk and talk and then not fight and then fight for two seconds and then talk. Yeah, so... And then spare the opponent instead of just sort of finishing them off. <laughs> um, actually, no. You know what? Uh... People certainly do die in this show. So oh, the, the show is about uh, uh, the main character. His name is Ibuki, and he's a little boy. Um, he has white hair, red eyes, and he's apparently like the prince of this island nation. That's a small island nation that's kind of like being attacked by these two other countries that that kind of like are on either side of them. Um, and this is a weird show. Like it's <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember each episode, but it's like, oh, there's nothing to talk about in this episode. So, okay. So the little boy, he has this sword. That's like a very small sword. And his, and his friend tells him to wear it to, I guess some festival or something that he's going to. And he's like, all right, whatever. It's like a ceremonial kind of sword because he's the prince and it signifies him becoming the king and stuff. So he wears it out and then they get attacked by one of the countries. Um, I believe it is, uh, Donatia that attacks them and they've got these like super powered kind of soldier like people that um, have very various different abilities um, and they're it's so weird and there's there's like one girl who is like a cat creature and she rides some kind of like fox thing Good Lord. that's on his side and they talk a lot in this show but it's so like I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead at all. It's so boring. <laughs> like you're just like I don't care what you're talking about at all. This is not interesting. Um, the little boy is super whiny. He's like one of those I don't want to pilot the mech kind of kids that we always talk about. Oh. That's like I don't want to have to be the hero and do all the stuff. But you know, and um, nobody wants to watch that. It's so who, who who identifies with that? I don't know. A whiny little kid, maybe. I I don't know. <laughs> but um, 
so his sword apparently I think has like the spirit of the red dragon in it and so his his town is being attacked by these bad guys and in order to save everyone and kill one of the bad guys he kind of summons the red dragon but like within himself and so you see the red dragon and he's all CGified and it doesn't look very good the CG in this anime not very good um, and so you see the dragon and the dragon's like alright I'll help you I'll kill this person but you have to give me a life for a life and he basically ends up killing his best friend. What a dick. Yeah, like he has his best friend, in, I guess, in his arms or something, and he pulls the sword out, and he can't stop himself, and he, like, stabs her in the back and kills her, but then is able to kill the, the bad guy. And then um, a couple other people that are also, I guess, I don't know if they have, like, the spirit of the dragons in them. Like, one of them, I think they call him, like, the black dragon or something. Um, they kind of take him, and they're like, hey, we're going to go on an adventure or whatever. Um, and so they take off. And in the second episode, kind of a similar thing happens where a bad guy attacks and they have to defeat the bad guy and he has to summon the dragon. And in order to summon the dragon, he has to kill another person that he's Rock close to. Rock the dragon? Yeah, right. He has, to, he, has to, he has to kill a person that he's close to, which happens. Except this person kind of like gives themselves as a sacrifice. He's like, no, kill me to save everyone. And he actually doesn't kill the guy. I think this is the second episode. He actually doesn't kill the guy. The bad guy kills him, but he allows it to happen. So then the dragon's like... Close enough. <laughs> and ends up wow. like taking out the bad guy. Um, so, so far, like three episodes in, not a whole lot has happened. It's just been, God, it's just so freaking boring. God, I, I don't like the show at all. I mean, on my anime list, it's got a 6.46. Like, this well, is, that's pretty much. Like, that's about as low as it goes within, on my anime list. Within, well, the lower end of normal. Yeah. So it's, it's just not a very good show. It's, it's super boring. Um, it's it's not very pretty. I do not like the main character or really any of the characters for that matter. Like there's the one guy who I think is like the black dragon. He's this blonde haired, spiky, spiky haired guy. And he's, um, I guess he's supposed to be kind of lecherous, uh, and cocky, but he's just, it, it, everything's so poorly written. Like the characters are poorly written and uninteresting. And as I said earlier, the CG is not good at all. It's not a pretty show. Don't waste your time. Seriously. Don't waste your time. So, for sure, I'm failing Chaos Dragon. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Goodbye, Chaos Dragon. You suck. Adios. Did you pull the chat on that one at all, or no? Uh, I did. Oh. And the chat, according to the chat, oh, a whopping 5% say pass. Oh, you wow. obviously are correct. Yeah, that show is hot street trash. Dog doo-doo. Yeah. All right. I'm really curious what they're going to say about this next one because... Mm. <laughs> you guys are going to hate me for this. Uh-oh. Talk about not burying the leap. Um, the next show that I am going to give an impression on is Aoharu X Kikanju. Uh, or Aruharu X Machine Gun. Oh, is, is this is, is this related to Aruharu Ride? Not at all. Oh. <laughs> this this show, um, I can sum it up in about mm, one sentence, and that is the creator of Odon High School Host Club came to America and discovered paintball. And said, I'm going to take the three main characters of Oran High Host Club, which is the girl, the blonde guy, and the black-haired guy. Okay. Make them, put them a little bit more grown up. All right. 
and have them play paintball. Sweet. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> the show. Yeah, but they don't so, play paintball. No, it's not paintball. But let me let me continue. Let me continue. I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> he hates this show, and it's done nothing to him. So it's okay. You will both hate it. Um. So the show starts out where we meet um, Tachibana. And Tachibana Hotaru is a girl who is mistaken for a boy. Um, And she's like, she's super like, I have a strong sense of justice. And right in the, right in the beginning, you have like this little like fight sequence with her where like these kids are trying to beat up this other kid. And she's like, stop that. I won't tolerate you doing that. And like, like jumps in and, and, lands her pose and says that and like has a moment where she's like yeah she's like super that was perfect like, noble and gotta save the day <laughs> yeah and but but even to herself she was like i nailed that like, <laughs> and so awesome. and 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 so you kind of meet her and, and she has this this really comical almost level sense of justice um and then she's moving into a new apartment and starting her new life and i'm like girl you're in high school yeah, yeah. how old is she <laughs> she's She's like, I don't know, 15, 16. I'm like, where are your parents? She's like, well, I'm starting my new life yeah. in a new place. <laughs> I'm like, is there is there a deeper subtext here of did you move out to be a boy and you're... Uh, you know what? what? I do have a question about that, though, because you say she gets confused with being a boy a yes. lot. Does she? Does that bother her at all? Or is she, is that, does she prefer that? I would say no. There's no kind of transgender or any commentary with that here. Um, and in fact, oftentimes she'll... Cor- like. She'll say it, but then she'll be like, but I'm actually a girl. And then she'll go back to kind of not caring. Um, okay. So it's 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 not an... Im- it is important as a plot device for the future of this show. Okay. So her, one of her next door neighbors, um, Masamune, is a host club. Like a, a very famous host club member. Wait a minute. And <laughs> I told you, it's over the <laughs> high school host club. Jesus. Um, and so one... <laughs> she she meets Masamune and he's and he's ridiculous. Um and then one of her friends, one of Hotaru's friends, Kanae, like her best friend, says that there was this host club who cheat or her ho- this host who cheated her out of her money. And so uh Hotaru goes and to the club and is like, "I'm going to I need to find this host. How dare you uh, prey on girls' feelings and I'm going to take you on and and show you justice type of thing." And of course it's Masamune who's her neighbor. Um and Masamune is like, all right. Well, if if how about this? Well, we will we will fight, and if you win something like, I'll pay the girl back, or or I forget. If I win, I you become mine. Oh Jesus! Um, and they fight with BB guns. What? So he's like, haven't you heard about survival games? And that's what I was saying earlier with Mitsugi, where I was like, I feel like people in Japan, like the trendy thing right now is is guns. Um, and he's like, haven't you heard about survival games? It's all the thrill of using real weapons without killing people. Um, and so Which they, is a great idea, by the way. The United States could benefit from that. Yeah, right? Um, but uh, that's a different subject. So then, they, then a... a mini battle ensues in the host club between them which um hotaru loses by a small margin and of course it's like oh he's so good um and then um masamune is like all right well a i won and b 
you trashed up the host club. So to pay me back, you have to fight on my survival game team. And that's what they call these kind of like paintball with BB guns is basically well, what it is. Must be pretty desperate to, um, find, to find people to play. So second episode, Hotaru and uh, Masamune are out. Um, and that we meet the third member of the team, Toru. And Toru is a mangaka who was like shunned in high school and has been withdrawn and stuff. And you get you instantly get the feeling that Masamune is trying to like find new friends for Toru and and part of the survival games. But as Hotaru is changing um, into like clothes, Hotaru changes in the girls' bathroom because she's a girl. And when she comes out, Toru sees her and is like, "What are you doing in the girls' bathroom?" Thinking it's a boy, but. Um, Hotaru continues the guys rather than being like, no, I'm actually a girl, continues to say, oh, I'm a boy because um, Masamune said in the host club, like some of the girls who were there were like, oh, we want to be part of your team. And he's like, I don't like girls on my team. And so Hotaru's like, well, great. I got to pay this guy back for the damages and I, I'll just keep pretending that I'm a boy. Um, and so Toru is actually a etchy mangaka. Um and so Jesus. what the hell is going on in this, <laughs> this is such and, a so, and so they uh they fight and their stupid little battle and and <sighs> stuff ensues well i'm sighing because i know she's gonna pass it I am, what i am oh god <laughs> like I said, the only person on earth that likes this <laughs> um this show to me what this the? show to me is a guilty pleasure and this show to me is the girls' guilty pleasure this season. The boys got s- prison school. That is not a guilty pleasure. That's just. That's just pleasure. No, <laughs> no. Um, oh God, no. But uh, yeah. Well, so you'll be happy to know that only sixteen percent of the audience wants you to pass it. That's okay. I'm cool. Everyone with Everyone hates the show. I. Because it sucks. <laughs> it's amusing. It's an amusing show. And I I enjoyed the first three episodes of this a lot more than I enjoyed basically, I would say, over 50% of the other anime that I've Did watched over the past season or okay. two. Okay. says oh, it right. Prison wait, school. Wait. Wait. Oh! And boom goes the dynamite. Become says prison school is not a guilty pleasure. It's just trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't think this is going to be a great show. I just see, but you're gonna force one of us to watch it now. How rude! How how inconsiderate! I think it's better than a lot of the swill we have I know. this season. Gosh. I mean, I will I will maintain that. You hate on everything. <laughs> I just passed a show that no one else likes, you, and you call me a you hater. Just, you just passed off the whole series. The whole season is swill. I said Swill's a lot a of the word. swill this se- a lot of like, the. I feel like people don't use that word enough. Uh, they don't. Well, I will say that it's better than than uh, than the Pillow Boy anime, which can barely be called anime or anything really, at all. <laughs> but just barely, just barely. <laughs> oh, I think I'd rather watch that because it's only because the total runtime of that series is going to be about twenty minutes. I, you know, I'm actually surprised that so many people are hating vehemently on this. It's boring, so boring. I watched an what? episode of it. I watched an episode of it. It's boring. Be, be calm in the, sa- in the chat says, it's better than Dragon Ball Super confirmed <laughs> because we passed it, but we didn't pass it. Right. And, <laughs> and don't be fooled by like the shooting thing because like the action is terrible. I mean, that's not the point of the show, clearly. Right? Right? 
Yeah. Well, no, you know what? I'm, I'm just I'm focusing on the chat so much now, but because they got some good stuff they're saying. Heavy Metal Leo, Chiaki doesn't deserve having Gangsta as one of her choices. Oh my God. And Brandon Goins, Goins says, "Amen, Leo." Oh no. <laughs> I. It's the end of the world as we know it. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I passed it. Boom. Boom Deal goes the it. dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Okay, in Chucky's defense, Meowth says the Oron part sounds awesome. I feel like this is gonna be a show that Nelly, Meowth, and maybe maybe Sailor B. Sailor B's a classy lady. Um but but maybe Sailor <laughs> B <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at that's your description. <laughs> like you describe Oh, this person's a classy lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I feel like the girls of the AAA <laughs> podcast have my back on this decision potentially. I'm not going to sweep everyone in the same generalizing statement, but I feel like there's a greater likelihood that the girls of the show are going to have my back on this than than the 90% yeah, say, men. Like, almost than all, than all of our listeners. Chiaki Calofi, who I know is a girl, says that she agrees with you and that she's glad you will it's be watching it with pleasure. her. It's a girl show, guys. This is for us. You guys have all the shows. Give us this one. Whatever. <laughs> Astrophysics asks if, if it was as boring as Kimi Toboku. It wasn't that boring. They didn't cut away to random pictures of yes, cats. It wasn't that boring. <laughs> Cat. Okay. Uh, all right. Well. Wrap it up, B. Okay. So that, w- that was our podcast wrap episode. Up, wrap it up, B. Our in-show <laughs> weekly trivia question. Do, would one of you like to remind the listeners what our in-show question well, was? It's clearly a question for me. So the what is the name of the patrol ship in Crest of the Stars that kicks off the war between the United Mankind and the Ob Empire? Nobody knows this except you. Okay, well, if you had watched, if you have ever listened to anything I say <laughs> and suggesting Crest Banner of the Stars forever for five years now, you would know that the sh- that the patrol ship is called the Gosroth. Okay. You know, I, I I feel better now that I know that. And I feel bad because I can't remember the word for patrol ship in the Ob language, because in the 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 the, the light novel the light novels that I've been reading all have that has like a glossary of terms in the back of it, and I can never remember the name of the ship. I can't, I can't remember any of the words because they're all so ridiculous, but yeah basically Hmm. okay well we did it guys we did it all right one more time you can find us at aaapodcast.com itunes don't forget to drop us a rating on itunes especially if you like us drop us a rating yeah facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast give us that big old thumbs up every time you do a moe girl gets her wings or is pushed into the pit of hell depending on which side of the table that you agree with Twitter.com forward slash AAA podcast or at AAA podcast or at AAA Kazuo if you want to talk to the guy with the cats and the space, spells, space elevators. I can't <laughs> talk. Um, or at Elise Kova, E L I C K O V A. If you want to give me hate for passing the show that I just passed. I am on it right now. <laughs> tweeting at Elise Kova. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Bring it on. I don't care. I don't oh, care because still, I'm going to enjoy it. We're still pretty and, low on five star reviews. Oh, no. People did not rally as they have oh previously. No. 
and then Ustream forward slash channel forward slash anime dash addicts dash anonymous dash podcast where we broadcast live at 4 p.m. EST or which is 9 p.m. GST live every week straight into your ears if you turn it on um thank you all of you guys who joined us live it's wonderful to talk to you even if you hate my choices that's okay I still no one you. really hates you we just like <laughs> to give you a hard time because we all love chiaki oh i just i just uh tweeted some hate chiaki's way did you oh literally i tweeted the word hate oh snap <laughs> he did okay well take care everybody it's gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a good. It. It's gonna be a good series of impressions. Yes, yes, I love you all. And stay tuned to our YouTube because that's where I'm gonna be posting those. Uh, yeah, the super episode things for Dragon Ball. Have a great week wherever you are in the world. Bye bye. Peace.